2: Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast
1: where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's an honor and a pleasure to bring to you my next podcast, guests. And yes, that's guests, plural. I'm doing a little different Mic Drop style. This time I've got a couple on and I'm going to introduce both of them. The first one is a gentleman who spent 13 years as an active duty Navy SEAL. 5 years after which was a civilian contractor as an instructor he did four deployments three of which were combat deployments he is the founder co-founder and ceo of forged clothing she did four years as a us marine intel specialist which coincidentally so did i and it turns out we went to the same fucking school she is the marketing manager at forged clothing company she is a model a brand ambassador, a social media influencer, and also a private investigator. The real-life Mr. and Mrs. Smith, welcome to the stage, Samantha Bonilla and Mike Sowers. Thanks for having us, thank brother. you. Thanks for coming. I know uh, you guys live halfway across the country, and uh, you know it's, a, it's kind of a trip, especially you guys got delayed on the flights yesterday, right? I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're both busy as shit and travel a lot. So it, it does mean the world to me that, uh, that you guys would come all the way to bumfuck Texas uh, to enjoy some McDonald's coffee, which is the <laughs> finest in the area, and uh, and sit down with me for a few hours because uh, I know a lot of people are interested in, in both of your stories as well as the collective uh, as a couple. So I appreciate you guys coming.
0: Well, we Thank appreciate you. you having us. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. It's ne- it's never a bad thing to get out of California. At times. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised
1: you guys can stomach still living there.
0: But, uh, uh, I, I, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, yeah. you know. Yeah, just surrender your guns and uh... <laughs> yeah. put,
4: put your balls in her
1: purse. And,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: actually, our first stop yesterday was Whataburger. Right? Yeah. Everyone's Talkin like, you got to eat it. Yeah. We had to compare, and I'm like, I don't know, in and out right?
1: No hell I think no! All right, so, is where it's at, so we're, we're about <laughs> to, we're about to put the boxing gloves on. So this this we're is, starting early right now. Yeah, this is the <laughs> is there Bailey's in there? What the fuck's <laughs> going on? Uh, so the, the the raging debate, both here in Texas and in California, is what's better, Whataburger or or In and Out? And I will say that each state, respectively, I mean, it's almost like it's a fucking Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like uh, or or any fucking rival, it's like the Cowboys, Eagles, or or whatever. Like it's. It's absurd the the level with which people will uh, will argue about which one is better. Having said that, I lived in California for a little over a decade and uh, had plenty of In-N-Out. And, out. and I, I will say, for me personally, not just because I live in Texas, like I think Whataburger kicks the shit out of In-N-Out. That's that's my take on it. I mean, are we, are we about to fight? Is that what's it, happening?
0: It's a tough call, <laughs> but uh, I will have to stick to my guns. With the in and out,
1: yeah. You're, you're, there's it, one reason you're saying that, and she's sitting next to you.
3: <laughs> uh, you almost feel healthy eating it. It's like the tomatoes yeah. fresh, the onions it, fresh, the lettuce, and I,
0: I have only had in an or sorry, I've only had Whataburger one time. Yeah. Yesterday was the first time. Maybe it was a one off, yeah. but I will say Maybe. the consistency of in n out and the freshness of the yeah. ingredients. What, what did
1: you have at that Whataburger? What did you get? Just the regular.
3: I got a fucking... jalapeno cheeseburger.
0: It what was in- good. I, I had the the double meat. It mm-hmm. was the normal burger, so Fuck I wanted man. to basically compare it to the double double those, at In and Out. I figured your, it would be your comparable. Those are nickname
1: buds, right? Double meat, right? Double <laughs> meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's here's what I will say is that like the density of the fucking Whataburger burger is is tenfold. Like to me, the, the In and Out has the it, like it reminds me of California. It's light and fluffy. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot the of substance fries are to it. Fresh. It, you know, whereas the Whataburger, I mean, that is like the, the true fucking gut bomb, you know? <laughs> I mean, like it weighs, like the fucking double-double, or double-double, Jesus, now you got me fucked up. The uh, the double cheeseburger that they sell, that thing weighs like fucking nine pounds. I mean, like, I, I don't know how you argue that. To me, if I, like, I need three double-doubles to even fucking make it down.
0: <laughs> I, I think it goes back to the old argument maybe of, you know... Quantity versus quality. Mm. So to me, it is a
1: bigger burger. Yeah. And And better. In in
0: appearance, in appearance, when I first saw it, unwrapped it, I looked at it and I was like, well, you know what? That is a big burger.
1: Yeah.
0: But, (laughs) you know, but, but, Taste wise, I like I said, I just the ingredients uh, of In and Out was was definitely just better in my book. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys coming. I think that wraps this interview up. Uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean right. they're they're both good. I guess you know for me, I I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that you guys eat In and Out primarily and you prefer that. I eat Whataburger primarily and, mm-hmm. and prefer that. But uh, they're both good. I'm gonna stick to my guns and say fucking Texas rules and Whataburger, but. Uh, maybe we'll go get some after uh, after the interview, and we'll we'll try it again, a little two point oh. But is there a a style in and out wise that you guys like? That's not I know like none of them are on the menu. Like what's the uh, oh, what's the secret? Style. Fucking animal style.
3: Animal style for sure.
1: Yeah, it, and that's what
0: kind of had me too because then I you know. When you go to an In and Out, you can get specific, you know, special recipes yeah. made. So I had, I was thinking, you know, Whataburger, you know, do they have the special recipes? Is there something that you can get there? Yeah. No, fuck it's no,
1: there is <laughs> no. And, and I, 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 here, here's the thing too, like God bless Texas, but l- like the lack of uh, of sense of humor, like dude, I have so much wasted material in this state because I'm a dry, sarcastic fucking prick. So, like, if I went in there and I was like, I had, like, a double cheeseburger animal style, they, they would just be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they wouldn't even get it, you know? Uh, in fact, they'd probably throw some fucking roadkill on there. Like, that'd be their <laughs> idea of, of animal style. It'd be a fucking raccoon <laughs> tail hanging out of your fucking sandwich. But anyway, yeah, it's it's good shit. But uh, I I will say, you know, for In-N-Out, I, I do like the the ability to get shit smothered in onions mm-hmm. and... And however the fuck you want. I think that's a cool aspect that, uh, that what a burger could pick up on. But, you know, they're, they're pretty set in their ways. But at any rate, I know you guys have listened to a couple of the uh, of the episodes. Uh, I've, I've only done one other episode where I interviewed two people at once. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do it a little different uh, just as a heads up. With that one, I like spent, you know, an hour with one, an hour with the other. And then, you know, 20 or 30 minutes with both. I'm, I, I want to keep you both engaged, especially mm-hmm. since you're a couple, too and just kind of bounce back and forth. But uh, as you guys well know, I, uh, I always like to start out with some ridiculous fucking questions to get the ball rolling. We've already wasted a few minutes talking about burgers. <laughs> but uh, but we're going to roll right into it. Uh, what's the craziest place you guys have ever hammered it out at? <laughs> oh yeah, you weren't expecting that one. That's that's I was the whole. Not that, that. That's true. Mic drop style, where you know the gloves M- are. Mom, off stop
3: listening right now.
1: <laughs> you better answer that one, babe.
3: <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. There's been so many crazy. So many. Pl- <laughs> I'll let
0: you pick your choice. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I I don't want to say. start I... this interview off under the bus. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> let's just say, let's just say a car to keep it safe and right. No, I mean, the, look, uh, my, yeah, mic are, drop is
0: the
1: trust tree, right? Public
0: so. places,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So and I'm the good. next question no, would no, be: no,
1: <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on this one. I think underwater, <laughs> <quite> underwater, <laughs> like in a pool or Is in a scuba diving, scuba, scuba, scuba diving.
3: diving.
1: <laughs> That's some dangerous shit right there. If I can have jaws getting in on that. Uh, what's the most annoying trait that the other one has? I'm, I'm gonna try to get you under the bus, as you can imagine.
3: He says like a lot. He says like like. Mm-hmm. Sorry, dude.
1: Like. So you're like a, you're like a valley girl. Is that what she's saying?
0: I, I think that is. You spent too much wow. time in Sorry. California.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So now, I would, I, now you're like, all right. Well, yeah, fucking. No, here's I, your shit. She
3: answered that a little too
0: fast. Well, like here we go. <laughs> She definitely has this twitch to her leg and whenever she's on the computer, watching TV, it's like this right crazy now. twitch going on yeah. and she's always trying to show me something like check this video out on on the laptop sitting on her lap and it's going and twitching back and forth and, and I just can't stand <laughs> it. I'm say, like stop moving. You
1: say well, you like stop you doing like that? stop. <laughs> 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 That's good shit. All right, so in uh, in balancing it out a little bit, what's the favorite thing about one another
3: easy he totally challenges me with everything things that I do not want to do I mean before we met I wouldn't even get in the water I'm no like shit. scared of fish. marine
1: that won't get in the water I know
3: we are not amphibious yeah. like if it's raining <laughs> we ain't training but Mike was like, get in the fucking water now. Remember our first scuba diving uh, trip? No, I don't think it was quite like snorkeling. that. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> no, kicked her in was, the back. And,
0: I, I'm that. pretty sure. It was, hey, babe, you know, <laughs> no, when you feel
1: comfortable, no, no. just kind of lower yourself second. maybe it'd be a good idea here. if you maybe thought about getting perhaps yeah, in the water. We were
3: in Costa Rica. It was our first vacation together. And he books a snorkeling trip. And I've never done that. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I hate fish, right? He's like, get in the water. Remember that? <laughs>
0: I mean, I was coaxing you in the water at first. It was very nice, but then I realized, you know, Does how it, much did I
1: pay for this boat yeah, to come out yeah, here? Get in the fucking Yeah, when money's on the line, yeah. it's, a, it's a kick to the low back, right? But
3: you know what? It was good. Yeah. Since then, we've been scuba diving. We snorkel. Yeah. We, what, skydive, bungee jump.
1: Would you say that you enjoy the water now? Mm, oh, love oh yeah. Oh, You can't it's get a, me out of the water oh, now. Oh, shit. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean...
0: It, it, it's great to think about. She went from not wanting to get in the water, mm-hmm. you know, with angelfish and pufferfish, yeah. to uh, a couple months ago we were in the Bahamas and went on a shark dive, like yeah. a shark feeding. No shit. Where the sharks, you know, they're bumping into you yeah. while they're, yeah. you know, guys with crazy. the chainmail wetsuits right in front of you. So. <laughs> but had I not she met looked, him, you know, she I looked, would looked over at that. me and just started smiling. Yeah. You know, of course, like we show it to her parents and they're like, "Oh my God, he's gonna kill you! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't be doing it." We
3: need to take an insurance policy. We'll
0: see
1: you no, out. It's yeah. not, now you have fucking gills, huh? Yeah. That's awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: what the. Uh... She is a really, really good listener as far as. Is <laughs> <laughs> this I, a Tinder profile? When, <laughs> when, 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 I, when I vent and complain. She's a good listener. Yeah. When I vent and complain, she will stand there and listen. She'll give me a good, you know, 20 minutes to yeah. get out everything I want to say. Yeah. So that yeah. is very, very of, uh, nice of her.
1: I'm going to say of all of the fucking things that I. Could have possibly imagined you mentioning about your favorite thing about her. Her being a good listener was absolutely not Not,
4: one of them. Not, yeah, me either. Absolutely uh,
1: not. Absolutely not one of them, but it's good shit. All right, so (laughs) now back to the negative. What's the most incompetent thing about each other? Like, what are you most incompetent at?
3: Anything physical fitness. (laughs) Um, No, No,
1: I mean about each other. Oh. Yeah, like what do you think he's the most incompetent at?
3: (sighs) Oh. Yeah, definitely. With the computer, it just angers me. I have yeah. to take it from him. And be like, let me just type this email for you, or let, <laughs> let me do this text. You know.
1: Yeah. What is she the most incompetent at? Um. You can't I play did. it safe. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got to f- you got to fly home with her, but yeah, still, I don't. Help. So that's why I'm asking these shitty questions.
0: Uh, she kind of threw it out there. I. Like I said, we're very adventurous people, and there's a lot of things I, I like to go and do, you know, like hiking trips, and but as far as how to properly pack
1: for an adventure. <laughs> She's got a fucking bikini and a toothbrush. Uh, and
0: it? a makeup kit, <laughs> and sometimes I can fit her whole outfit in my front pocket,
1: yeah. you know. <laughs> what is that, an eye patch?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It's>
1: like- <laughs> uh, dental floss. I'm glad you're b- about your hygiene. Oh, you're wearing that.
0: Yeah. you know we're, we'll we'll be on the trail somewhere in the back country and where's the water at oh, we don't have any water but we've got all of this uh hairspray and face makeup in yeah. here so yeah. that's really good
1: yeah. so packing. packing packing is not your strong guess, suit yeah well, I can, I can, I can imagine. That's not a huge surprise. But she, yeah. she brings a
0: lot of stuff, but it's <laughs> most of not it's always, It's just
3: yeah. not always the right and stuff. And it's funny. One year for Christmas, he got me socks, like hiking socks and uh, what was it, a headlamp. And yeah. I'm like, are you kicking me out? Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> Honey, I got Tell your luggage. Yeah. the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah.
1: like,
3: no, this is the kind of stuff you need to be packing with, yeah. the headlamp. You've well, got to take a always headlamp everywhere. bring
1: a headlamp. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know, it. I keep a headlamp in my ass half <laughs> I have one in my car, I keep in my backpack. I, yeah, they're all over the fucking place. Yeah,
0: uh, just, we, we were down in Puerto Rico one time, and she's like, right before the trip, she's, I was like, you got your headlamp? She's like, why, why do I bring this stupid headlamp? <laughs> And I was like, just bring it, babe, yeah. just bring it. And she's in the shower, and we Airbnb displace. And was it before or after the hurricane? I think it was.
3: I think it was after. I right? think it was
0: after, you know. So the, the electric grid in Puerto Rico was yeah. a little sketchy at the time. So she jumps in the shower. All of a sudden, all, all the, the electric go goes out. And it is pitch dark. Yeah. And I just hear her saying Mike, Mike, and I, I had to do it. I went in, I pull out he my pulls headlamp, out his headlamp <laughs> I go in the bathroom. And like, what, babe? What? Yeah, Where's I'm your like, headlamp? Get the
3: fuck out of here! <laughs> just like, just get uh, out of here
0: with that stupid thing. That's your classic head. <laughs> team shit. Yeah,
1: right totally. Fucking yeah. I mean, that, how many times does that shit happen in a platoon? Oh, you forgot that here. Let me rub it in your face.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that reminds. It actually, the packing thing reminds me of. Uh, have you seen the movie *Romancing the Stone*? Oh, yeah. Where Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner, like, she's she's a total, you know, same kind of thing, like, all dressed to the nine. She's an author. She's got, like, these fancy Italian shoes, and they're, like, bushwhacking in the fucking jungle of, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Brazil or some shit. And, uh, you know, he's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you wearing? And pulls her shoes off and takes his machete out and lops the fucking the heel up. off. <laughs> yeah. She's like, those were Italian. He goes, well, now they're fucking practical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, So there's some of that going on with you guys. A it sounds bad.
4: like
0: Oh, oh yeah, definitely the you know, the team guy mentality, especially it's kinda like as you get older. Oh yeah. You know, when you're about to go outside you're not thinking so fashion forward. You're oh, thinking, yeah. Well it's raining, I probably should put a <laughs> yeah. Cortex jacket yeah. on. You, you got a fucking go bag to
1: take a shower. It, it, it,
0: exactly. Yeah. So he
3: always has garbage bags with him, yeah. you know, which is great. But he always has snacks with him, which is awesome. I'm like, you're gonna make a great mom someday, <laughs> honestly. Like
0: I, I I tell her, we're working on it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. I, I'll just sneak things in her bag. You, you brought your puffy jacket, right? <laughs> no. You yeah, got you some, did. You got no, some you water in there. Didn't. Well, we got the water container. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's empty, but we're getting there.
1: That's yeah, uh, baby steps. <laughs> mm-hmm. What uh, What food dish is the other best at making, which your signature <gasps> dishes? You, you have to pick hers, and she picks yours.
3: See, that's going to be easy for me because he cooks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I You don't, don't cook? Jesus. No,
3: I know. What am I good at? Now I'm reflecting on this. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the new
0: age oh. independent woman.
3: right
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> No, she she makes uh,
1: some. She good. makes killer toast. <laughs> uh, so, the, the cereal like, she makes.
4: He's so like really so good. thinking about it. She can boil
1: water like a motherfucker. No,
0: you
4: make no, good breakfast. No, she
1: actually
0: and... she makes some good Puerto Rican dishes. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Can really you pronounce good. them? think um, uh, What's that, Mafungo? No shit, Mafungo. You
1: I, had I, that? I, I haven't, but I saw a, uh, the diners, drive-ins, and dives. Mm. They did a. Uh, there's a, a place in Miami that has fucking fantastic Mafungo. I guess it looked good, but you make that it's like good. from scratch, huh? It's good. Well, yeah, def-
0: definitely try that Enpanadas. if you go to Puerto Rican restaurant. Empanadas. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. All Puerto Ricans aren't so on the on the healthy <laughs> side.
3: Not <laughs> yeah.
4: just yet. Yeah.
1: yeah. What, uh, all right. So, what's your favorite? What, what's what, what? do you think he makes the best?
3: Your steak marinade. Like your steaks are so good, but it's the marinade. Yeah, for sure. You, you need to the, like the bottle things. it.
0: Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> trademark pending yeah, right yeah. now. So, so first, I sneak yeah. off into the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I won't get into to all the ingredients. He doesn't want to share is, it. What's the
1: gist of it? Is it savory? Is it sweet?
0: Y- yeah, it, it it's a bit. It's it's a little of both, a yeah. little of both. I'll just say like some you know, all right, you know, Worcester, and I use a bit of soy in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Italian dressing. Mm, it's and, the Italian dressing I think yeah, that's, yeah. like garlic. You know, black pepper. You know, there's a few other ingredients key, key in ingredients. there. Mm-hmm. All right. can't get, I can't you know I'm give tired. everything away.
1: What is there a uh, is there a favorite cut that you use for that, or just fucking everything?
0: We both agree. We're both big ribeye fans. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got to get that fat on you know, there. That fat is flavor.
1: That's my favorite. You know,
0: and end cap is very good. Yeah. And also, I'm a big tomahawk fan. Yeah.
1: So ribeye across the board. I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm right there with you. I, uh, there's a a, um, a ribeye end cap like the whole fucking thing from Wagyu from a company that uh, is pretty pretty spectacular, but. To me, that that piece, that end cap piece, is uh, is probably my favorite favorite piece. I, I I do enjoy a good hanger steak too. But all right, would you ever hang out with the My Pillow guy?
3: <laughs> Let me tell you how pissed you I. Am. It's yeah. so funny you bring this up because we paid what hundred bucks for these fucking My Pillows, <laughs> thinking they're going to be the greatest, right? Uh-huh. They were not. It's like sleeping on peanuts. You know the little Styrofoam this, peanuts. This podcast
1: sponsored by My Pillow. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> I'm fucking, yeah, they suck. You know, uh, so seriously, them. I hate them. So it's a, it's a bag of packing peanuts. So would
3: I hang out with them? Yeah. Yes. To yeah, tell it, them to tell. that they suck <laughs> terribly. Well,
1: I was even more
0: upset because the information I got about how good the My Pillow was was yeah. from Team Guys. Is that right? Yeah. So.
1: They led you down and, and, the primrose path.
0: Exactly. And when you order a pillow, you know, they ask you all these questions. What's yeah. your height? What's mm-hmm. your weight? Are you a side sleeper, a back sleeper? Yeah. So you fill all this out. So you're thinking, okay. You know, it's like when you go get the running shoes at yeah. the high-speed running, you know, store. It's, they ask you all these questions. You get on your treadmill. So you're like, yeah. wow, these are going to be the best running shoes ever, yeah. you know. And you pay $250 yeah. for them. And you get out and you're like, well, I don't feel like I'm running any <laughs> yeah. faster. But you know what? But
3: though the dude is so smart because yeah. how many my pills has he sold? Yeah. Like, he's oh, a freaking fucking. millionaire. No, I know. you know, yeah. his we, commercials are great, they yeah. make you yeah. want he's wears the little cross where you can see it visibly, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, hanging like, out of his. Yep, they're, they're,
1: they're kind of creepy, though. Like, they're, 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 oh, the, yeah. the one where he shows up behind the fucking— the mirror, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you yeah, like, like, dude, I'd get candy shot. candy man or yeah, something. Like, if you popped up in my mirror first thing in the morning, at minimum, you're gonna get bit. Probably gonna get shot, you know. Maybe a baseball bat across the head, like. And he's yeah. The, the and he wears
0: the same, same. blue shirt yeah. every single yeah. time.
1: To me, it's like yeah. one of those. Uh, they're so cheesy, you can't forget them. You know, like they're they're That's so the bad, they're actually yeah. good. Yep. But the thing, I don't I don't think he means for them to be shitty though.
4: No, no, so no. Either. I mean,
0: especially for the price and why we didn't send him back. There was one positive. Yep. It came with two free travel pillows. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now and those things really no, suck. No,
0: they are <laughs> amazing. All, they're amazing. They're amazing. They are amazing. Hey, oh yeah. shit. We, you know how it is when you have a little camping pillow? Yeah. It, it, and usually they're just super soft and yeah, not y- they're shit. not worth a shit. But obviously we travel a lot and the pillows that came with it, they are great. Yeah, oh they're awesome. well, They are awesome. They are great. So we basically, what, paid $150 for
3: two <laughs> for travel, two travel, pillows. Two
1: travel did, pillows? Did you bring them right, on this trip? Like,
3: no, not yeah, that bad. So they're not that This one's a weird. short. <laughs> well,
0: this, this, <laughs> this wasn't a, a short bad flight. flight
3: yeah. Two hours. So. Yeah,
0: so it wasn't. And I got you. we were running late to the yeah. airport. And then yeah. we got to the airport and then we were delayed. So that's yeah. always a great feeling. It's it's up up you're hustling to yeah. get yeah. there just like the teams, right? Sounds like a military flight. Spend half your time waiting on airplanes, the other half waiting on officers. <laughs> 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 I know. It.
1: Fucking bastards. Uh, what, what's the instance where the other one has inspired you the most? Can you think of a specific instance?
3: yeah easily, well, I guess when you went back to school, you know that yeah was pretty for, for
0: me, definitely you know Sam has her uh, master's degree, wow. and she talked me into going back to school it, I, using
3: that g i bill
0: yeah honestly it it's one of those things you know with the g i bill, you're always like, oh, I've got that there, you know, yeah. maybe I'll use it, maybe yeah. I won't,
1: yeah, but maybe it, I'll become a gemologist sometime
0: it, <laughs> And and I'd already had a business, and, and you know I was like, well, you know I don't know, and you, you, your spare time is valuable. Yeah. But uh, she talked me into going to school, and and I, I'm very happy I did, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was a very rewarding experience. What, uh, definitely what, for sure.
1: What did you get your degree in?
0: Uh, business administration. Oh
1: wow, fuck man, that's cool. Yeah. I, uh, I I went when when we were instructors together, but I just I did criminal justice because it was like the easiest. There's a lot of gray area with it, you know. It's yeah. not like math where it's like you're fucking wrong, which I would have been mm-hmm. wrong most of the time. It's a lot of explaining yourself, and I, I'm pretty good at explaining myself. I, I find myself mm-hmm. doing that a lot, so that uh, was a natural fit. But when uh, when did you finish doing that?
0: I just actually
1: finished up a few
0: months ago. Oh
1: wow, fuck, that's yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a question I, I have in terms of the the relevancy as it relates to your business. Do you did you find that that there was very much uh, practical, hands-on, applicable knowledge because I know everything I've learned in business. You know, I wouldn't say flies in the face of a lot of the traditional knowledge, but it's it's goddamn sure not very applicable. Did, did you find that you you learned a lot that that you can apply to your business? I mean, I would say
0: yes and no just like every, you know just like in the teams when you learn tactics and you know you'd learn you go through six different shooting schools yeah. and you'll take one thing here one thing there from it it still makes you a more well-rounded shooter yeah. but it definitely if someone's sitting there you know in a class telling you you know this is how you hold your weapon and you're like well i don't hold my weapon like that why do you hold your weapon like that and you know they're trying to tell you well you know this is my background and it doesn't really apply to what you do you know if you were a competition shooter or something you're like well that's a little bit different than tactical shooting so i would say yes there was definitely things uh you know that i learned that did apply but there was also a lot of things that didn't apply and A lot of it, too, comes into relevancy because especially with like marketing now and social media and Mm. things are changing so much. I mean, you know, every six months something new comes out. So a lot of these classes that they have, you know, they just can't update them fast enough. So I think in that realm of it, in the marketing realm, it, it, it's very tough. And it's really nobody knows your brand like you. Yeah. It's just like you can pay somebody a lot of money to come in and market your brand. Yeah. And just because you know they could market Converse or some other big brand or doesn't Microsoft. mean they can always market your brand either, yeah. especially the more niche of a brand you are. Yeah. And it, so it's, it's harder for people to, to pin that down for yeah. sure.
1: I think I think the my pillow guys are going to come help me out here. Soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. One one thing on that, I think, uh, and, and I agree. Like I've I've had you know business advisors and, and uh, people that I've hired to you know help develop business plans and, and things of that nature in the last couple of years, and definitely learned some things. But I also kind of realized I think, similarly speaking, like there's there's almost kind of two sides to that coin. Is that there's the traditional principles of business which don't really change. You know, in terms of bottom lines and accounting, and and certain things, you know, making sure that shit's organized, and you know, accountability, and you know, job description, you know, certain things that I, I think almost come inherently from from being in the SEAL teams. The way that they're organized, in, in a lot of ways, mirror business, and in, in some ways, obviously, they don't. But but to your point, yes, absolutely. Like, there's so many new technologies and and things that are constantly fucking evolving on the marketing side specifically, I think that's probably the biggest difference is, is the marketing component of, of business, you know, especially with social media. Like it's almost like you got to hire a fucking 16 year old to like to tell you what's fucking, you know, what's popping, you know, social media wise Mm -hmm. to, to find out where to fucking advertise. It's uh, it's, it's fucking nuts. All right. So, um, you guys both inspire the shit out of each other. I love to hear that. Where did you guys meet or how did you guys meet?
3: Great question. <laughs>
1: is this another one of those uh, next question? Yeah. Pass, punt. It's a funny story.
3: It is. Uh, well, mutual friends. Obviously, we both have a lot of military yeah. friends, so we met up in LA, and then that's where I was living at the time.
0: Yeah.
3: And then I was on Tinder. I was single. <laughs> Mike was single. I see him on Tinder, and I double liked him because I'm yeah. like, oh, you look familiar. Super, liked.
1: super, liked. super, liked.
3: Yeah. Is mm-hmm. super like. Super like. Yeah.
1: That's a thing. You can super like someone. Mm-hmm. All right. I was not aware of that He did not super like
3: me back. So then I was like, what the hell, dude? That's classic
1: reverse psychology. Mm -hmm. You ignored the hot chick and now she's okay. Yeah. I mean, nothing changes.
3: It worked. (laughs) So we were like, oh, let's hang out. You know, he's like, yeah, come down. I'm like, yeah, I'll bring some friends with me, you know, Mm -hmm. since we're friends. Yeah. I was not going to bring any friends with me, so the last minute I'm like, "Oh, my friend's canceled. Is yeah. it okay if it's still just me?" He's like, "Of course, come yeah. down. No, I'm like, sure, no. yeah. I'll take you. you on. You sure you Ma- can't yeah. find
0: somebody to bring? You yeah. crash at my couch. Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> totally. I so got a he's spare like, room. Yeah, I'll take you on Mikey's dive bar tour. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Is that a thing? Do you wanna?" Well, it was then, right? Yeah, we, it,
0: which is funny because it, it kind of started that when I was a, a third, or actually even an instructor in first phase. Yeah, and we, once we would end a class, we would kind of go on a little dive bar tour. So each instructor would kind of get to pick one bar, you mm-hmm. know, their favorite bar around San Diego. A couple times yeah. we'd get a little party bus and, yeah. and you know take us around, and so it was pretty fun. So it just kind of became a little tradition, and I'm a big fan of dive bars. Yeah. It, you know, it's always. You, you go into these like fancy club bars, and most of them go out of business within five years anyway yeah. because people are like, "Oh, let's go in there; it's really yeah. cool." But you go into a good dive bar, you know, you can just sit there, chill, look around. There's a lot of history.
1: Yeah. the The, uh, the aero Club is very much that way. You guys ever go to that?
3: We hit that the Aero yeah. Club. Yeah,
1: the Aero Club. That was definitely. on
3: Mikey's dive bar tour. It yeah.
1: has the uh,
0: biggest the selection of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. on the western side of the Mississippi. At least that's what they claim.
3: It's yep. probably
1: bullshit, but I'd be willing to give it a shot. They do have a
0: lot like, of whiskey in there.
3: Yeah.
1: A, I'm not to, I'm not that was
3: to our out. last stop before I yeah. totally blacked out for that.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, that was, that was actually something he put in your drink. <laughs> <party>. <laughs>
3: let,
1: me, let me show you Mikey's Dive Bar. Hey, why don't you go to the bathroom while well, I fucking doctor your drink up. Did the, uh, so from, from that point on, was it like you guys hit it off and that was it? Or Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yep. I uh, kept driving down five hours every Friday after work. go to san diego just to see this dude so this guy
1: how long ago was that how long you guys been dating three years now three
3: fucking
1: years three years three and a half yeah that's awesome one of the questions i ask everybody i'd love to know your guys's morning routine uh just the the, kind of the regular morning routine not when you're traveling or whatever but Mm -hmm. when you guys are are in san diego uh, at home what is what does the morning look like both when you get up do you work out if you do eat what do you eat you know the first few hours of your day what's that stack up like
0: well i i don't definitely wouldn't consider myself an early riser <laughs> you and me both <laughs> but uh unfortunately uh when you own a business you have to wake up early so uh especially now uh, running all the social medias uh you have to post early in the morning so yeah, we usually so up get up 530. about five thirty. Getting posts t- together, checking emails, so we get you know, post out around six AM. Mm-hmm. Definitely coffee. First thing get up, bang, throw the coffee pot on, throw the TV on. I think it's always good to stay up with current events, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so kind of just have the TV going on in the background, get the coffee going. Getting a post up, checking the emails, making sure everything's ready for the day, and uh, really, you know, with marketing right now, social media is really the biggest platform, you yeah. know, that we use with our brand. True. So a, a lot of it's just making sure everything is set in place for the day, just with all of our social media mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and then planning for tomorrow. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. Well, no, I know. I mean, to your point on the social media being the biggest platform, like it's it's astounding to me how integral that that element of of businesses now i mean i remember when you guys did the uh the legend holy fuck like i mean that i think is textbook like viral example like it was i couldn't believe the fucking reach you know people wearing those shirts everywhere myself included like um but you know that that element of, of having your shit together and posting at the right time and and you know content being a certain way and and boosting versus advertising and all that other shit like there, there's so much value to it, and uh, and it's and it's so important to have people that know knows all of that uh, mm-hmm. elements to it. But do you guys eat at all in the morning, or you just do coffee?
3: Normally, we just do coffee, unless yeah. We I mean, it's kind of.
1: I, I would say I,
0: I'm on more of probably a routine. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we both are kind of like if we're hungry, we eat, you know yeah. if, if we don't, we don't. Yeah. Um, I, I'm more of a shake guy in the morning, protein shake. Yeah. Um, I'd say you usually don't eat usually. Yeah, just she coffee. just waits until she gets hungry at lunch or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more of just a, usually a protein shake guy. Sometimes I'll do the bacon and eggs, you yeah. know, and mix it up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Some some mornings I eat, some I don't. Mm-hmm. But do, uh, do you guys work out in yeah. the morning first thing? Or
3: well, I'm a morning.
1: She she yeah. likes to
0: work out in the morning. I love it. I I am a night owl for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think last night I went to bed at two a.m. Like, yeah. I just cannot fall asleep. You yeah. know, I I I usually get a lot of stuff done usually later in the day. In yep. particular, in most people, you know, eight nine o'clock. Yeah. And for some reason, my brain just keeps ticking. Then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so.
1: I'm the exact same way. I, like for me, my body doesn't work like the first three, four hours. It's <laughs> like, dude, if I put any any type of significant weight, you know, if if I get under any significant weight, every fucking thing hurts. You know, like whereas in the afternoon, it's it's to- a totally different ball game. But so, similarly, like I'll stay up till one, two, you know, most nights and, and sleep later. Like I think some people are just wired that way. Like I'm not the the Jocko four thirty fucking you know workout and then you know hammer through shit. I can't imagine that guy's fucking staying up till two in the morning either. You know, it'd, it'd no fucking way. kill you, but.
3: <laughs> but yeah, we hike a lot we go to our gym. We swim a lot, you know, cause we do a lot of free diving. Yeah. So we're always working on breath holds, doing laps. And do
1: you guys live by the coast or more inland?
0: Uh, we're in mission Valley. So, oh, okay. so you know, so not right by, the by the stadium. Coast, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, you can be there in you know, 15, yeah. 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, good shit. All right. So anything else morning routine wise that, uh, that's worth throwing in?
4: Uh, you, do you, do you get dressed? Do you, <laughs> you bother getting dressed?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just you know, walk around naked most <laughs> yeah. of the time with the do windows open. Flying you know, squirrel yeah, display. Yeah. Waving at the neighbors. Hey, what's <laughs> <happening?"> <laughs> oh,
1: that's good shit. Um, all right, so childhood. Um, where are you from?
0: Uh, originally, I grew up in Pennsylvania, in central Pennsylvania, a small town called Port Allegheny. It's it's about the size of this town yeah. here, I guess, you know, yeah. three thousand people or so. Yeah, just real small town, you know, small town values. Uh, I grew up big hunting area. Yeah, if you ever seen the Deer Hunter with Robert yeah. De Niro, it's all filmed, <laughs> you know, in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. So I, it's funny. I said to my dad, like growing up, I was like, you ever notice when they film a movie about like hard times and stuff. It's usually like real <laughs> close to the
4: it It's our like, back fucking
0: yard. <laughs> the deer hunter? What are you talking about? That's a great movie about hunting. Yeah. You know? It's like all the right moves with Tom Cruise, you yeah. know, where he's fighting to get his college football scholarship, yeah. you know, yeah. fighting out of the steel mills, you know, it's yeah. like, He's like, yeah, what a great movie. Yeah. I'm like, well, I think the gist of the movie, the underlining <laughs> issue is, you know, the kid fighting to get out of the small town. That's no, not where he's from so much, <laughs> or where but, it takes place. But it, it was a great place to grow up, though. It's a, a lot of, you know, patriotic yeah. Americans that are just real blue-collar, yeah. uh, a lot of factories. But uh, it, but it's sad now, too, to see a lot of the factories are closed down. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, in, the, in the 80s, it was just booming, you yeah. know? Like, you could just you could quit high school and go get a job at, you know, one of the glass factories or steel factories. You make, you know, over $20 an hour. You didn't even need to have a college or a high school diploma. And to now just seeing those factories shut down, it's in, you know, American industry just shipped out of the country. It's, it's just, it's sad. And, you know, it's one of those towns where you drive through now, it just looks like a ghost town, Mm -hmm. you know, half the stores on the streets are closed down, you know, and half the factories are closed down.
1: Would you say, could you put a percentage on man, manufacturing as a collective whole? Like how much of it is, is gone now compared to when it was booming in the 80s?
0: I would say personally in you know the town I grew up in, I would say it's over 50%. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well coal's real big too in, in Pennsylvania. Right? Uh, I
0: coal is big in Pennsylvania, not where where I grew up at, but yeah, but coal is big in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. Yeah. But obviously there's a lot of restrictions with coal right now and just yeah. the word coal is, yeah, you it's know, it's word. bad, it's bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, wrestling is big in Pennsylvania too, right?
0: Yeah, I wrestled uh, from the time I was a little kid all the way through high school. Uh, wrestling was a, a huge part of my life yeah. growing up. I played a lot of sports, uh, mainly wrestling, football,
1: baseball. Yeah. I know, uh, I'm, you know, being from Iowa, like Iowa and Penn State, you know, is a huge, huge Oh, yeah, rivalry, big rivalry. Man, but Penn State's fucking, I think for the next 20, 25 years, nobody's going to fucking touch them, you know, with, with their head coach and, and his ability to recruit and coach, like... You know, I'd put him up as being probably the best wrestler of all time. I mean, him and Gable, you could argue, are the are of the same, you know, cut from the same cloth. But the job that he's done, it pisses me off that he left Iowa State. Uh, I get why he did, but uh, the fucking job that, that Sanderson's doing at Penn State's fucking remarkable. I went to a, an Iowa-Penn State meet a couple of years ago, uh, and Iowa actually beat them. I don't, I don't think they'll ever beat them, you know, probably for the next 20 fucking years. but. But the energy in that place and whatever, it was awesome. I'm not trying to get sidetracked here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Pennsylvania, great state. Uh, I, you're a st- big Steelers fan, right? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Die hard.
0: You can ask her. Jesus <laughs> Christ.
3: <laughs> now, now this whole family yeah, is like... Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah,
1: we, we get
0: a little amped up during Steeler games. Yeah. Did so,
1: the uh, did the anthem stuff um, and the Neil? Because I know there was a there was a former Ranger on the team, right? That got involved in some of the controversy. Like, what's your did that? Yeah, uh, did that impact your uh, desire to give a fuck about football at all? Yeah, it did a
0: lot. Uh, and uh,
3: we were actually at interesting that game.
0: story. Yeah. yeah, we were actually at the game in Chicago, and. Sam, you know, she's from Chicago. Her dad's a police officer out there, and some of the guys had season tickets. They Mm -hmm. knew I was a big Steeler fan, uh, even though they were Bears fans. They (laughs) invited us to the game, and we go to grab breakfast before the game. We're sitting in a diner across from uh, Soldier Field, and somebody says, Hey, did you hear the Steelers are going to stay in the locker room during the National Anthem? And I, and I was like, yeah, right. You know, I thought he was, you know, I had my Steeler gear on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. he's just making a joke, right? Yeah. So so then I hear another person say it. So I get on my phone, and obviously it's trending. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. You, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, and the first person I think of is Al, you know, Villanueva. And uh, we've actually got to meet him and hang out with him a few times. And really great dude, and, you know, along with a lot of the other Steelers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I, I was just thinking in my mind, like, you know, this has got to be just such a terrible situation for him. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got guys in there that want to, you know, take a knee or knock yeah. him out. And then, you know, wh- where's that going to put him at? Yeah. And once we got to the stadium, it it became bigger than the game even. Yeah. Like, it became bigger than the game. Everyone the turned fact their backs,
3: that, backs on the Steelers when they did come I, out. Everyone. I, turned I mean, their backs.
0: it was... It it was pretty embarrassing being a Steeler fan sitting in that stadium. It's Soldier Field, yeah, Soldier Field, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. all places. places. And I I mean, it it was great to see Al come out of the tunnel. Yeah, like that. That was great. That it it was great that the captains, like he, let them know, Mm -hmm. like you know, guys, I have to go out there. I have to do this, and they were cool with him doing that. Yeah. So I thought that was good. I just think how they handled it, definitely how the Steelers handled it. Obviously, it was such a big, you know, deal and big controversy. Yeah. I mean, it could have been handled better. Yeah. You know, some guys wanted to take a stand for what they believed in, other guys wanted to take a stand for what they believed in, and and it it obviously put Al in a really bad situation mm-hmm. in the fact that you know at first people were like, ah, that's the greatest thing ever. You know, he was trending, his jersey was the number one selling jersey, yeah. and then. You know, a couple of days later, he doesn't want to feel like you know he's making his teammates look bad, yeah. just yeah. as you would feel like in the teams. Yeah. So he comes out with an apology, and you know, a lot of people were then trashing him. You're yeah. mm-hmm. like, oh, you never apologize for standing, you know, and and it, I think it was just a tough situation for him in the yeah. fact that. You know he was a guy who was cut many times mm-hmm. and his NFL career was basically over and Mike Tomlin had seen him across the field when he was with the Eagles at a preseason game and he was saluting during the national anthem and that's the he barely even played in the game yeah. and Mike Tomlin said why is that guy saluting and he, give me a little background on that guy. Plus, he's taller than every player on the field.
1: Yeah. He's like fucking seven feet tall. Dude, he
0: is—he's is so big. I don't know how the I fuck mean, he was a he, ranger. He, that's why he was a joke about yeah. it because I met a couple guys that were, you know, in the Rangers with him. And, you know, they're my size, you know, I'm five foot six. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Dude. Are you that tall? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, man, you, you really didn't want to grab out there in a down man drill. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, I mean? Like, how do you even fit in the Humvee? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, you have to throw him up in yeah. the turret.
1: He's not riding in a fucking little bird either. Right. Jesus. Yeah. That, that whole situation pissed me off. And, uh, you know, I, I had, uh, the Patriots center, David Andrews on earlier, or last year, a little, uh, not quite a year ago, I guess. And, and uh, we talked a little bit about it, and it is just a shitty situation. I grew up, you know, being a huge football fan, and and played up until high school when I was too fucking small to to make a difference or even not get fucking murdered. Um, and ended up just swimming all through high school. But you know, I've always been a fan of the sport, and uh, not not to where you know I'm memorizing stats and and rocking jerseys and shit necessarily. But uh, but I do love the game, and I, I hate to see the the politics get infused. Mm-hmm. I think the, the whole NFL should have. Handled it way better than they did, you know. But anyway, not to get too one sided here. Miss uh, <laughs> Sam, where Quit are still on the show, Mike. Yeah, where where are you from?
3: <laughs> I oh, all over. So I was born in Kentucky, actually, but my dad uh, <laughs> 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 he was a Marine, so we moved around a lot yeah. from state to state. Uh, ended up in Illinois when he took a police job there. Yeah. And I grew up there. So So mostly in Illinois. Yeah, what, that's what where part? I went to school. Suburbs, so Aurora oh, okay. Aurora, Illinois.
1: Oh, that's uh that's interesting. The mm-hmm. uh, w- what was the impact that uh, your dad being a marine growing up? What did I'm assuming that had oh, a, everything. Yeah. Everything. Is he do still with a total hard man. ass? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Is what he does not? he think about the His the gig U.
0: line. Navy guy? His gig line is straight.
1: <laughs> For those he's, of you asking, he,
0: he's not just a marine. He was well, a former marine, not ex marine. Yeah. Former marine. He's also a law enforcement officer a very successful law enforcement officer and he's also an attorney.
1: So he's super laid back and smokes a lot of weed, totally. right? what yeah. Saying. What uh so obviously that had a big big impact. What in terms of that relationship, I'm curious as a, as a father of daughters myself, mm-hmm. uh what, what was that like growing up? Uh, was he kind of ruled with an iron fist or or just super hard or you know You know what was he that like?
3: did, but I have the utmost respect for my dad and I mm-hmm. think it's great that he did. It's funny cuz I went one way, and my sister went the rebellious way. Yeah. So for me, I listened to everything he said. You know, he, I wasn't sneaking out of my own house, that's for sure, You know, yeah. when I was a kid. But you're
1: not getting back in, mother.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was just worried about getting my ass beat. My yeah. sister was the opposite. Is she
1: older or younger? Younger.
3: Younger. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, he had a lot to do with me going this Marine, uh, to the Marine Corps. He was like, I think you should go Air Force, when yeah. I first told him. He's yeah. like, it's a lot easier. I'm yeah. like, okay, now I'm really going Marine yeah. Corps, you know. Yeah.
1: To me, it's just the it's who you're surrounded by is why I would recommend if I if uh, my daughters were asking about services, which they actually mm-hmm. have. That's, I told them the same thing. I was like, I got it. If, if you're hell bent on it, mm-hmm. you should go into the Air Force, sweetheart, because then you're not going to be surrounded by assholes like me and Mike. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, but um, he
3: did influence me to do intel. You know, he's yeah. like, at least take a good job if you're going to be a Marine. That way, yeah. if you do get out, you can do something really neat. You yeah. know, have the clearance. Yeah
1: did you uh, Did you play sports growing up?
3: You know what? I didn't. Really? I'm like totally opposite from Mike. Yeah. I uh, wrote for the newspaper, the school newspaper. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I wrote comic book reviews. <laughs> I know. I wrote comic book reviews. So I was like going to Comic Con every year. Yeah, Love comic, comic book God Goddamn, why well, was Lane over here? <laughs> I know. So I tried out for volleyball once. I didn't make the team. Yeah. And thank God because I sucked. Yeah. I would have ruined their, their record for <laughs> Hence sure. Hence, you but, didn't make the team. Yeah. So I was kind of dorky a little yeah. bit.
1: Any uh, any hobbies other than journalism?
3: You know, yeah. I did a lot of writing. I played guitar. Actually, I played violin. I played guitar. I played bass guitar.
1: Do you still play at all?
3: A little There's bit. A, I
1: got a guitar in the fucking. Do you really? Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, do. I, I yeah. I mean, I I just fuck around with it. I'm you know mm-hmm. cer- certainly not uh, a musician by any stretch. I just enjoy fiddle fucking around with it. But uh, what type of music did you play? Uh. Guitar-wise. Oh,
3: guitar-wise? Uh, I guess like classic rock. You know, my parents
1: you fucking got ACDC dc and all that shit. like Yeah, that. you my, can play that. Yeah, uh, we're, all right. No, <laughs> it's gonna be. We're gonna bring that motherfucker out here and then put you on the spot.
3: My dad was totally like '80s hair metal, yeah. so I think that's why we do get along so well. We go to yeah. concerts all the time. Yeah, and
1: yeah I, I see pictures of me. Oh my you guys god, post, we like, love the fucking. Yeah, it's like straight out of a White Snake '1980s. <laughs> totally. Concert. Yeah, we'll get
3: dressed up. It's yeah. hysterical. He puts on the guy liner. We're yeah. like ready.
1: It's fucking great. The I, I'm actually the hairspray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got some some uh, some travel questions in here because you know, again, some of the things that you guys post, I'm actually. Mm-hmm surprised You guys don't have a fucking reality show yet, like Dude,
3: everyone says. It. It's so I funny. mean,
1: honestly, like with the, with the sh- fucking shenanigans you guys pull, I'm like, you could just hire somebody to walk around with a fucking GoPro and, and probably the, crush it. The thing it on is, YouTube, with but, that,
3: is what I post. I crop a lot out. Yeah, you don't see the bad shit, you know, <laughs> and us arguing and him yeah. saying, "Get the fuck in the water" yeah. and see, stuff that, like
1: that. You should keep that in there. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah.
3: So one time I did post that video. Remember when I'm like. He always wants to go off the trail. Yeah. We can never just go for a leisurely hike. Ever, it has the to be. The road. Heard, <laughs>
4: <taken>. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: I heard there's a, a gold mine back here. Yeah. We have to go find it. Some mine, mine shaft. <laughs> some yeah. abandoned mine shaft. We have yeah. to go find it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, yeah. dude?
1: I heard there's diamonds over here, motherfucker. Yeah. We're in Arizona. No, that's what yeah. I heard.
3: Yep. It's so we're nine always miles going straight up this the trail. fucking hill.
0: So. I would say, you know, the greater the approach, the better the reward. Fucking a, if if that's it's right. if it's easy to get to, if there's a paved road leading yeah, to it, yeah. it's probably not that good of a
4: reward. Yeah, so. I mean,
3: people see the videos we post, "Adventures of Mikey and Sambo," yeah. and they see the good parts, like, "Oh, I want to go and do that." And yeah. It's like, yeah, but you don't know how hard we had to travel to get yeah. to that spot, to me, you to, know? Well,
1: yeah. So to me, like, that's uh, I mean, that's one of the one of the elements of like my uh, my online training for for dog team pet. Is uh is that is it like a lot of the lessons that I that I have like they're not rehearsed. It's the first mm-hmm. time I've been doing it with a dog, and and I show me fucking up or my timings off or the dog does something totally fucking mm-hmm. uh, unexpected or whatever, and I keep it in there because it's real. I mean, do you guys have a YouTube channel?
3: Yeah, we do.
1: I mean, to me, like, not that it's any of my fucking business, but I I, w- I would balance it out and and uh, yeah, just post every time you guys do something, yeah, put the bad put the bad there. shit in there because people love that shit. Yeah. I can tell you from experience, like. It's one of the biggest reasons I think my online training is done as well as it is has is because, you know, whether it's you're traveling, whether you're training a dog, like there's a real element to it that, you know, you just usually don't see, mm-hmm. you know, from from most people for that same thing. You get the brochure aspect and uh, and people want to see like the struggle, the fucking fights oh, yeah. that, you know, we got lost or, you know. She called you a dick and you called her a bitch and, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. That, that's my advice. Not that you're asking, but uh, I'm good we at giving We really well bike. as a
3: team, though. Yeah. Like, everything we do is so challenging that we have to work as a team. And it's funny because whenever we are on a vacation, we'll do, like, what, Like, kayaking and stuff. And you can really tell, like, the people, they just got married and they didn't spend that much time together. <laughs> and yeah. they're fucking the yelling best. at each other as they're kayaking. <laughs> they're both way off. Remember? She fell out. She's fucking screaming at them. We're like.
1: So you guys fuck with them?
3: Oh, really? oh
1: yeah,
0: and it's funny too when you hear people because it's very easy to you know look at someone's social media or YouTube yeah. and say, "Wow, you know what? We don't travel. We want to get out and do more. We yeah. want to. I want a picture on top of a mountain, you know, or I want a picture with a shark behind me. Or yeah. I want to be there, you know. I want to be on the gun range and." Yeah. And, and like I said, it is all fun. I, you know, I compare it, it's like in the teams. You like people. You watch a you know a commercial on TV, and it's thirty seconds of dudes doing an OTB, yeah. coming over the beach and firing mm-hmm. guns. And you're like, that's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I want to go do that. But then you know you, you start doing a little OTB training, and you're wet yeah. and cold, there and you're like, oh my god, this yeah. is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: well, yeah. The, the brochure shows you the fifteen percent <laughs> cool shit, not the eighty-five fucking you know being covered in mud and freezing mm-hmm. and. You know, it's the uh, the, the R&S, you know, the the five days of recon that, you know, there's 10 seconds of fucking cool shit prior to to doing the DA follow Mm -hmm. on with it. But there's, you know, four days of laying in the mud being fucking miserable that nobody ever sees. Uh, but anyway, like to me, like I said, I think, uh, if there's one, one recommendation I would make is throw, throw some of that real shit in there. Do you, do you, uh, when you encounter these other couples, do you ever try to rub it in that you guys are way cooler than they are? Like, Hey, it, it only gets worse. From you here. know
3: what though? We don't even have to like, they, <laughs> we went to Aruba and we were free diving and the waves were just terrible. And there's, what ship was that that sunk in? Oh, it,
0: was an old
4: it was an old German, German ship. Yeah. It was a and German you really battleship. have to dive
3: deep to see it. And the waves are going like crazy. We're the only people that jumped in and were like swimming out there to get to this thing. Remember that? So oh, yeah.
0: It was some pretty crazy current. Yeah, and it was just on your average. You know A little snorkel boat To yeah. go out there little My parents were with us <laughs> yeah. You know I'm trying to drag My you know 65 year old mom To water yeah. you know, And she looks over. And she's like oh, ah, There's white caps Out there yeah. Come on It's gonna be cool And the ship ended up I free dove down to it I mean it was probably At least It
3: was deep
0: Probably 60, 70 feet down Jeez. And it was
3: so cool It was yeah. a cool And none of those people Got to see it You yeah. know yeah. It's like So we get back to the boat And everyone's like Wow you guys are really cool We're like yeah. We know where,
1: where, uh, where was this at? Aruba. Aruba.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um where's the uh, is there a place that you've been to maybe it's impossible to pick it's like favorite place that you guys have been to?
3: For me it's funny Cozumel. Like yeah. I love Mexico. Yeah. I love it's the best water for diving, free diving. Yeah. I love Mexico. Yeah, it's I, easy I think for me.
0: Yeah, for me any place like it, I think both of us can say you know we, we love being in the water. Yeah. yeah, warm, clear water is usually the best water <laughs> it's to like be a cold, in. Cold,
1: murky. But bullshit.
3: in Mexico, they have those cenotes, you know, where you can dive in the caves and there's yeah tons down of them. in there's the hundreds.
0: Yucatan is, so we, is really nice. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of an area, you know, Cancun area kind of has mm-hmm. the persona of just being this big spring party. break party drunk area. I mean, there's definitely that element to yeah. it. Yeah. But if you get off the resort there, yeah. uh, we go out to. There's an island real close to Cancun called Isla Mujeres, and you can actually go out there and swim with whale sharks. They've, They've got, got all
3: the underwater statues you can just snorkel, free dive too. It's super cool, and, and not you, a lot of people. Do yeah, that, you can. You, know? you
0: drive an hour south. You're down to Playa de Carmen. There's all some, the ruins. Yeah, there's some beaches down there. You go like another 45 minutes. You're in Tulum, with the Mayan ruins down mm-hmm. there. And uh, you can go east, uh, Chichen Itza. You know, it's actually one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, and there's, you get the whole jungle element to it down in the Yucatan. Like uh, Sam was saying, there's these cenotes down there that are these underwater caverns that you can dive in that are Coolest pretty awesome. Coolest thing
3: ever. Yeah. There's
0: all these fossils in there. You yeah. see like these alligator teeth
3: and do you, stuff. Do you
1: guys take uh, GoPros or shit like mm-hmm. that? I mean, like you have a lot of that on on uh, camera filming. yeah a
3: lot of this is on our YouTube channel yeah
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I guess the biggest problem with that is we have so much footage yeah. now like we have entire trips that
3: we've not even yeah, yeah that
0: we haven't even posted or it, it's all you know the post-production editing yeah. all the stuff yeah. you know as team forever. guys we're not really good at yeah. you know no I know it. it's you know you go to Intel and have them you know get all this <laughs> stuff for you. Yep. You, you're all about the actions on the target <laughs> yeah.
4: you and
3: think. then he just gives me the footage and like <laughs> yeah. edit this yeah,
1: yeah. yeah that's no shit uh so here we are getting sidetracked again for me like i, I love to travel and I'm, I'm fascinated by it i love to see all the shit that you do so it's easy for me to go down that rabbit hole but um, bringing it back a little bit to uh in terms of both of you when you obviously you know your dad was a marine and that was a big motivation to serve on your end what was there any any catalyst uh, in high school that made you decide a i want to join b i want to be a seal
0: You know, I'm from a a blue collar family. Uh, My dad is probably one of the hardest working men on the planet. He he wasn't in the military, but I'm from a long line of construction workers, mainly concrete. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, growing up in the summers, I would work for my dad, doing a lot of, you know, raking concrete, screeding concrete, uh, working on you know big job sites. You know, when you're a kid and you're 14 years old, 13 years old, you know, you're working on a job site, you know, backhoe buckets swinging around, things falling from the ceiling. It it gets real, real quick. And so I did that. And I think my dad definitely gave me a great work ethic. Yeah, and my dad, my grandfather, my brother, everybody in our family, you know, just like I said, from, you know, being a little kid, I remember getting like a a pick and a shovel for Christmas one year (laughs) when I was a kid. So the work ethic, I I definitely gained that from my father for sure. And like I said, I played a lot of sports in high school. Uh, I had, you know, for wrestling, you know, there was some colleges interested in me, but I just did not feel like, if i would have went to college it would have been just to wrestle yeah at that point in my life i just really wasn't interested in pursuing education yeah yeah i mean i was just like i'd say getting by in high school so i was looking into other options you know if i wasn't going to wrestle i wasn't going to go to college and my brother was already in college wrestling at the time and you know he wasn't like the biggest on education either so I kind of like looked at his situation I was like man you know what else could I do and I'd always been interested in scuba diving and skydiving and adventure stuff. Actually, the first thing I ever wanted to be was a stunt man. But it's like when you live in a small town in Pennsylvania, and, you know, you go to career day and ask your uh, guidance counselor, "What do you want to be?" I'm like, a stunt man. Yeah, like, oh, we've They're got like, nine uh, of them over here. Well, what does a stunt man do? <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, jump out of planes and scuba yeah. dive. You know, and get shot out of a cannon, <laughs> yeah. and jump out of helicopters. Like, yeah. um, well, let me get back to you on that. <laughs>
1: So we don't I'd, have any
0: of those. So i had actually, a friend of my brother's actually had gone through Bud's and was back home <clears> on leave <throat> over Christmas. He was actually still in Bud's, I believe at the time. And of course, you know, like every kid in Bud's, you know, mm. they're talking like, you know, they know everything in the yeah. teams, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was enough to inspire me. I remember he was telling, he was like, yeah, I'm a Navy SEAL training, you know, and he He's over at my house drinking with my brother, and he's wearing his camis and drinking out of a canteen, you know, <laughs> which I thought was cool at the time.
1: Yeah, now you're like, yeah, what a dude, you know? And
0: I'm like, you like, like Navy Seals, like that movie with Charlie Sheen, yeah. you know, like that's real, yeah. like you know. I, I remember seeing the movie, but I, I didn't know if it was Attack Force Z or you know mm-hmm. something they'd just made up. But uh, he was like, Yeah, man, you know, it's great, you know, we're like a wrestling team like with machine guns and blow shit up and I yeah. thought, Well, that sounds really cool, you know. I was yeah. like, you know, you know, what do what do you gotta do? What are the prerequisites and everything? So he started telling me about it and that really sparked my interest. And then obviously uh, you know, my parents found out and they were really supportive of it, and I think my dad actually had bought me the Rogue Warrior book. Yeah. And there had actually been, from being from a small town, I mean, we have about 100 people in our graduating class. We've had probably a half dozen team guys from my high school. Oh, wow, really? And even the surrounding towns, some, some well-noted team guys as well. Yeah. And so it wasn't hard to find information out about the teams.
1: Yeah. Did, did the guy that inspired you, did he make it? Did he end up being a team guy?
0: Uh, there was actually two guys. Uh, one of them did not. Yeah. Uh, the other one did and finished out his career as a master chief over at Dev Group. Uh, the other one did not. He uh, he actually, the guy was a stud. He'd made it through Hell Week and pretty far and got in some trouble. Yeah,
1: this and was uh, the guy drinking from the... Yeah, drink
0: from the canteen. <laughs> Surprise. Shocker, <laughs> he didn't make the cut.
1: Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. You went right out of high school, right? Or close to it?
0: I, I actually, I didn't go right out of high school. I, I spent some time working for my dad, doing construction for yeah. a bit. And then uh, yeah, I decided to take a little time and uh, enjoy. <laughs> I think Woodstock with 94 reunion was yeah. going on that year. So I decided, you know, I would just wait a little while, go enjoy that. And, and, and wait 30 the, days
1: at least after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to wait a little <laughs> while after that. And I actually had to change my uh, rate because of it, because I'd already joined <laughs> up. Yeah, I'm ready to go. And they called my recruiter like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I just got tickets to this concert, and yeah. I don't think I'm going to go yet.
1: God, that's priceless. And
0: he, so he was like, well, you, you might lose your rating. And I think I was supposed to be a gunner's mate at that time. And uh, I was like, well,
4: Bucket. what what am I going to be?
0: <laughs> and he's like, well, if you want a source rating. And he actually was like, ah, oh, you can be a torpedo man's mate. Like, yeah. what is that? And he's like. Well, it's like a gunner's mate. Instead a guns, you have but torpedoes, underwater. you know. But I actually got kind of lucky because you know Yeoman was like you know yeah. source rating for the oh, teams God. back then, so yeah. he probably could have just made me a Yeoman, but, yeah. but he done it?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's funny how how life works out that way, no doubt about it. But uh, I love the I love the lack of priority in a good way. like it to me again. It's the realness of a lot of people would hear that and be like, Jesus Christ, dude was a seal and he he let Woodstock determine like yeah like <laughs> fucking shit like that happens. I I, I love it. Uh, on your end, Sam, was uh, did you join right out of high school? I did. You did? Mm-hmm. And what was there like a process in high school where you like decided as a sophomore and did the delayed entry or anything like that or, or what?
3: Yeah, I decided, I guess, when I was a junior that I was going to go. I actually intended on going to college, you know, mm-hmm. and I was in honors classes. Obviously, I was a dork. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I think I need to go into the military, you know, because I'll pay for your school, all these benefits, so... I uh, yeah, definitely one of my school paid for. Yeah. my dad's like, uh, you can go to community college if you don't go into the military. <laughs> yeah, see, so, yeah, I went right out of high school. Yeah, and, and uh,
1: can you kind of synopsize your your experience as as a Marine?
3: There is nothing that I can ever do that will compare to being in the Marine Corps that I will be more proud of. That's yeah. for sure. Fuckin you know, me. I love being a Marine. Yeah, it was the greatest thing.
1: What was boot camp like? Uh, coming from you know obviously your dad having an influence and, and i have no doubt that there was elements of that structure and stuff growing up but was it was it like holy f- was it like i mean obviously we never went through marine boot camp you see all the movies and Mm-hmm. And what is it, is it? Was it just like that for it's you?
3: Exactly like, what you see. Yeah. yeah. Next step. Uh, was it just like it was holy fuck? yourself. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's my line, totally. goddammit. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Just constantly screaming. You're talking in third person for three yeah. months straight. You yeah. know, I was still doing it even when I got out. I yeah. still don't walk on grass, like this motherfucker. <laughs> he, when he walks on grass, with, with his hands in his off pockets. Get the grass. Yeah. yeah, with his hands in his pockets. And his earphones oh, in. No yeah. shave. Yeah. No shave. My dad still is like he needs to shave. Yeah. You know. You
1: don't even walk on the grass when you're mowing the yard do you you're like sidewalking. Yeah.
3: yeah yeah so it sticks with you you yeah. know they definitely but it's great i yeah. love it where uh, where did
1: fun. you go through boot camp paris island paris mm-hmm. that's uh, some miserable fucking weather there yo. yeah oh
3: my god and it was in july it was just yeah. freaking awful yeah you know
1: the, the, is it the sand flies that are real bad mm-hmm. yep yeah fuck that noise yep i'll always uh, default to san diego on that one <laughs> What uh, in terms? So we went through the same uh, intelligence
2: school in in Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot! And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. (laughs) Chumba Casino has over a 100 casino-style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were provided by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy
0: discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the
3: party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs) Chumba. Chumba Casino has over 100 casino-style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. we are by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details. From there, where did you go after that?
3: From there, I went to Cherry Point. Okay. Yeah, that was my first duty station. Yeah. It was, I mean, Cherry Points. it's all right. Yeah. I mean... Were you in North Carolina at all? I mean, no.
1: I mean, never stationed there. I went through a couple of uh, secret s- squirrel schools there uh, for you know nav- naval special warfare. And I mean, it's and stuff, not California. Yeah, you that's know, for, that's it's, for damn sure. Some yeah. good barbecue there, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you there the whole time? Yeah, yeah. So
3: it's basically what strip clubs and Cracker Barrels and car dealerships I mean, and God bless and America. Shops.
1: <laughs> if I can drive my Mustang to Cracker Barrel and hit the strip club afterwards. Uh, what uh, what would you say was kind of the biggest takeaway from your time in the Marine Corps as an intelligence specialist there, uh, as it relates to your day to day life? Like, what was what were the kind of the takeaways?
3: Oh, I mean, pretty much everything. Everything that I learned in the Marine Corps, I apply every yeah. day. You know, just to stay motivated, the discipline, you know, respect. I mean that's the biggest thing. Whenever I run into someone, they're like, "You are just so respectful." Yeah, military. You know. Or
1: so a lot. Of, I'm assuming a lot of people are. Are they surprised that you were a marine when they first meet you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I was. I mean, I, you know, I was like, <laughs> "God damn, you're in the Marines?" No shit. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of the Marines we ran into uh, weren't as easy on the eyes. Well. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> what funny. do you mean? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, no shit. That that element of that I think is uh, is a cool. Lead into everything uh, else that you're doing that, that we'll get into here in uh, in just a minute. Uh, back to Mike real quick. Obviously, you and I, you know, kind of paralleled each other a lot. I, I couldn't remember. Did you when? You, so you went to your A school and then went to Buds. Um, were you in two in class two fourteen or thirteen originally?
0: I I was originally I went through Hell Week, with two twelve. Okay. So I was in 212, 213, and two fourteen. I actually graduated with two fourteen. Okay. So. You have to remember. You, did you start in two thirteen? No.
1: So I, I started in two fourteen and then okay. graduated two fifteen. I was with fourteen from day one until uh, a week before the island.
0: Okay. And yeah. Then, okay. Yeah. yeah so so. I, I I remember us being in the same yeah. buds class, and yeah. then it gets a blur. Yeah. After <laughs> yeah, part of it. Yeah. Like, yeah it's like I, I remembered you being, and I thought yeah. I thought you graduated with us. So. Yeah.
1: No. I it, it was close. I mean, for me, I I pinched my sciatic nerve at Laguna. Uh, and I'll never forget, like, you know, that, that takes, I don't know, I think there's a six hour time limit and, uh, I pinched it during the, the land nav test and, uh, like literally was, was limping, fucking hobbling, came across the finish line, like nine seconds late, you know, and, uh, instructor Ryan was like, fail. And I was like, fuck fail. I was like, I'm nine seconds late. He's like, yeah, it's 10 seconds later than you should have been. You fuck face, go sit down and have an MRE and you got 15 minutes. You're going to go do it again. And I was like, God damn it. And uh, somehow I managed to fucking to pass. I don't know how, but uh, and, but then I failed everything after that. So I ended up getting... Was worried. that at Mount Laguna? Yeah.
0: Is that when i run a four-mile time run in Mount Laguna? Was that it?
1: Fuck, I don't even remember. That whole place was... I tried to block the I remember it it having miserable. to
0: run... I believe it was like a four-mile time. Right? Yeah. yeah. Phil Ryan would wake us up early every morning, yeah. go and do PT. It would yeah. be cold as hell out there in some know. gravel parking lot.
1: <laughs> fucking horrible. Soak that puddle up over there. Yeah. yeah,
0: I do remember doing some crazy run up at Mount Laguna. Yeah. I do remember that. Day. Yeah, I,
1: I don't doubt it. Like I said, I, I've, I've blocked a lot of that fucking trip out just because it was so fucking miserable. But um, all right, so you, you went to uh, – which team did you go to? Was it five?
0: Uh, no, after Bud's, I actually went to the East Coast. So I was at Team Two okay. on the East Coast. It was the first team that I checked into, yeah. and uh, you know back then, you know Team Two and Team One had yeah. had their little uh, quirks. You know, yeah. no fun one, yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and SEAL Team Shoe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: was,
1: well, yeah. So the, the, you were on the East Coast until you came back as an instructor, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was. I I was at Team Two, and I was actually deployed. So I did two deployments at Team Two. Yeah. And I was actually deployed during 9-11. Yeah. And oh, okay. it was... So I was in Germany, right? during We were getting ready to go do an exercise, and we were heading to the airport, or we picked up at the unit, and we're all on a bus, and XO comes running in, and it was like, hey, you know, a plane just ran into the Twin
1: Towers. Yeah. And we're like, really? It, while you were in Germany.
0: Yeah, while we were in Germany. And, and when the first one hit, no one really knew if it was an accident or what was going on, so... He just let us know, and then we started driving to the airport and then boom, the people started getting fed more information. We turned the bus around. We come back to the unit. At this point, you know, you're, you're like, hey, I'm deployed right now. The balloon yeah. just went up. Yeah. like this is like where we need to be right now. So we actually got extended on deployment for a couple months yeah. and they sent in the next platoon. I mean, we were jocked up at the unit we had every insertion platform there we had, you know, and we were actually getting ready to go do an exercise with dev group. So, you know, one of the dev group assault teams was actually over there. And, you know, so we were like, all right, this is great. You know, so these guys are here, we're here. But as soon as those guys actually went back home, we knew like, well, if they're going home, then we're definitely going to be heading back home too. So it was kind of a disappointment to be heading home because we all thought back then like oh this war is <laughs> going to be over in six months they're yeah. going to go kill this osama bin laden guy we just heard of and yeah. uh, the whole war is going to be over we missed it yeah so when i got back actually it was during that whole force 21 movement i mean all the teams had shifted and since our platoon had got extended on deployment we just kind of got left out yeah like we got back to the team and they're like oh you're not here anymore. <laughs> so I was yeah. we're just standing there like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. And I, oh, and you're on stop loss also because yeah,
1: you can't go out either. I,
0: yeah. You know, my, my time had already expired and I didn't know what to do. And you're like, Oh, oh you're on stop loss. Uh, and, and, luckily, uh, the, the commanding officer at team two at the time, he was a great team guy. He actually made admiral. Yeah. He was like, Hey Mike, I heard you did a great job on deployment. And, uh, and guess what teammates looking for a guy over there. You just, go in and check in they're going to afghanistan yeah but i mean they were just at the beginning of their workup so i i head over there i mean i literally just got off deployment from a plane and i head over to the teammate just yeah. walk up in the platoon who are you yeah. oh mike says oh i heard you're in our platoon hey we're getting ready to go take some zodiacs out do some amphib ops and of course okay yeah i literally just got back to deploy everybody else is going on leave Uh, it was funny because I was the the, uh, I was in charge of all the uh, zodiacs and everything. You know, you guys call it first lieutenant, you know, we call it engineering on the east coast. So, we're getting ready to, you know, I'm instead of saying like, hey, I just got back, you know, maybe I can take some leave. I was like, okay, sounds good. And they start briefing, and the engineering rep at the time is like, oh, we don't have enough boats, we don't have this, we want. And I was like, "Hey, I actually got all these boats, like all this brand new stuff." And so I go, "All right." So I go over and get all this gear. So all of a sudden, and I go from being the new guy in the platoon to the coolest guy in the platoon. Yeah. So then I'm riding in a boat with the chief, and you know he's asking me some questions. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I just got back today." He's like, "You just got back from deployment today?" And I was like, "Yeah, we were actually deployed, you know, we spent a couple extra months over there." So he's like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "No."
1: God damn! It's so like you know what
0: he's like. Uh, just disappear for yeah. a while and just yeah. check in with me every day. And make yeah. sure I know you're God alive. Damn.
1: That's a fucking crazy swap. <laughs> yeah. What? So speaking of nine eleven, where where were you at during that?
3: I think I was in fourth grade.
1: Holy fucking Christ! <laughs> fourth grade? Are we grade, that, yeah. that old? Seriously, I was fourth getting ready grade?
3: to go to school. I remember it too. Or,
1: Fourth fucking grade. Yeah, and I'm eating
3: breakfast, you know, waiting to go to school. I got to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking
1: Christ, fourth grade. That makes me feel fucking horribly old. What? So now I gotta know. I mean, like you're you're not. Mm -hmm. Here's what what I find. uh, Here's the first thing I think of. That is that you and I were in SEAL platoons at the time because I was at SEAL Team Three, and same thing. Force Twenty One was fucking everything up, and so. We were uh, we were waiting a couple of months to form up as a team under the new organization. But uh, I was in, so I was in between platoons. But but I was at a SEAL team, and I, uh, you know we can all remember when the video of, of President Bush at the time reading to, to the elementary school kids. Like you and I were in SEAL platoons. You were one of the could have been one of the kids he was fucking reading yeah. to. Like mm-hmm. it's just uh it, it's it's hard to wrap my mind around that mm-hmm. that much time has has transpired. Uh, but Holy shit. So sorry. I didn't mean to steal the mic here, but tell us, tell us what that was like.
3: Oh, in fourth grade. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to school that day. I had a lot of family in New York. My dad's from New York. So we were just like, Oh my God, you know, just calling our family members and it was scary. You know, it was,
1: yeah. What, uh, at that time, like, did you realize the, the gravity of it as a fourth grader?
3: Probably not. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were just worried about our family at the time and not thinking, is this a terrorist attack? That wasn't going through my mind, Yeah. you know, because we're just watching it. We saw the first plane, you know, and we're like, oh my God, what's going on? And then you see the second plane. And then that's when everyone really starts panicking. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I really sticks out is when you're seeing the people jump, that was like a nightmare to yeah. me, a continuous nightmare, yeah. you know, because as a fourth grader, you're like. Holy shit! Yeah. You know, you said
1: holy shit. Yeah, maybe not a fourth grade, but then <laughs> my dad slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, that was pretty. That sticks yeah. with you. It, it, That's it's homing. yeah.
1: No, I mean it's it still does. I mean that yeah. image is one that mm-hmm. I think anybody who was even even as a fourth grader, obviously old mm-hmm. enough to have a coherent thought about yeah. what that what that actually meant uh is something I don't think any of us will ever uh let lapse but
3: uh what's crazy to me is now kids are learning about it in their history books. Yeah. That's what I can't grasp I'm yeah. like that much time has gone by, I know. you know. I mean
1: Yeah, I mean it's crazy the to, well, the other thing to think of is that there there are people now serving in Afghanistan or or probably close to it at least in the military that weren't born you know yeah. during 9/11. Yeah. Like that's fucking crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Um so yeah, same thing like there's people that are I mean, yeah, it's fucking 18 years. Like, you know, there's, there's probably people that are getting ready to go to Afghanistan that weren't alive when nine 11 happened, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, it's, that's it uh, puts a lot of things in perspective. Um, so it grow- makes us feel really old. Yeah. Man. In a good way. You're only as old as you feel. Well, I'm, I'm doubly fucked then because I feel old as shit. <laughs> uh, what was, what was that like growing up, uh, as that being kind of a backdrop in terms of, uh, your thoughts about military service? Did that impact, wanting to do it more or being more discouraged well, or yeah what?
3: sure and I think I mean I think it affects a lot of the mentality now I feel like people forgot that that happened yeah. you know oh for sure and I hate it when people are like oh war is dumb. we shouldn't be sending people over there that whole mindset just pisses me off it's like yeah. do you not remember what happened yeah. that was the most patriotic that Americans have ever been and yeah. now I feel like it's not that way oh, in sure. our country yeah. anymore yeah. and it angers me you yeah. know it really does
1: yeah well, I think uh, yeah, I've had this discussion. I mean, anybody that's not, you know, and I'm not picking on people that haven't served. So, for you, those of you getting your panties in a twist right now, that's not the case. But I think, especially people that have deployed to those areas, but even just you know served with people or, or are ingrained in communities mm-hmm. with people that have served, there's an element that that a lot of Americans just don't realize or or understand that, you know, the, the evil that exists, it's irrespective of how we feel about it. You know, and I think that's a lot of times, a lot of Americans that are, that are anti, you know, from a foreign policy standpoint, anti involvement. And, and I am maybe a little less hawkish than, than most, but, but for sure, there's an element of, of you've got to handle business that exists in my uh, thought process. That's pretty prevalent, but a lot of times i think you know people are very naive and they think like well i don't mean any harm so i can go to these places and and they're they're going to realize that like they don't give a fuck mm-hmm. like they're at war with you whether you're at war with them or not you know and, and that's really hard i think for a lot of americans to understand and and as 911 becomes more and more of an afterthought to some of them i think that that, that is a disease mm-hmm. that persists in our society more and more and, and and you see what you see because of it yeah absolutely um, yeah i agree so you took some leave back to you mike you took some leave after that um and then that next jumping in with that platoon i mean i know for me it was like not that we weren't training to go to war before then but now it was like this is fucking go time was was that kind of the the thought process for you guys
0: yeah it was it was definitely a more serious time in your training and, and i had done some real world operations before that in, in kosovo and in, uh so it, it wasn't, you know, the first time that it actually, you know, gone outside the wire where yeah. there was actually bad guys out there. Yeah. I think it was more of the unknown element, you know, because, you know, early in the war... When you, we went into Afghanistan, you, I mean, you were just kind of collecting your own intel a lot. We, you yeah. know, we were doing a lot of recce stuff, just driving around with a lot of ODA teams. And, and that was kind of new for the SEAL teams as well. You know, we were all about, you know, salting targets and direct mm. action. Yeah. But as far as going out, gathering intel, we, we weren't real good at that. We weren't really involved at that. So there was there was a learning process. and. You know, it was just kind of funny because we look back on it now and to think, I mean, you know, team guys were innovators. Yeah. You know, you were just handed a Humvee. It was a normal Humvee. So you would go out and just quickie saw that thing up, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and like I remember, go, you know, we'd go to like Rod Hall, off sc- you know, off-road <laughs> racing school. So over there, we we're like, you know what? Uh, get your extra body armor plates and uh, put them under your feet yeah. and, and we're good to go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're Hang driving on her, the doors
0: yeah you know yeah. so you're hanging a breacher blanket over and thinking well i'm safe now nothing yeah. bad's gonna happen to me
1: yeah,
0: yeah. so i mean it's definitely a, a learning process uh you know and, and i think people do you know, you know training gets a little tired just like you said it wasn't that we weren't training to go to war yeah. but you know when you when you know definitely like your end result is you are going to be in Afghanistan. You're going to be there for seven months, you know, or the only other place you're going to go is over to Iraq to do the invasion or, but I I think there is a different mindset where you just get more laser focused. Yeah. And, and, you know, even as far as I used to joke about like the new guys, when, when you were a new guy, you know, pre nine 11, you'd get fucked with a lot, but then post nine 11, You'd fuck with the new guys, but then you realize this new guy's really going to be covering my ass in a year and a half. So maybe we're
2: not going to fuck with him so (laughs)
0: much. You know, I want to make sure instead of, you know, fucking with this guy so much, maybe we go out on the range or go in the house and make sure this guy's really, really dialed in. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So for for you from a deployment standpoint, did you go to Afghanistan with that platoon? Yes. Yeah. How how was that? Uh, What can you tell us about that deployment?
0: it was it was a, a very good deployment. Like I said, it was it was early on in the war. So we were creating a lot of our Intel. Yeah. like I said, we worked a lot with a lot of the ODA teams, and we were based out of Kandahar, but we would basically get all the Intel reports of you know which uh, fire bases were hot, and we went out to skin and Taran and a lot of the other bases, uh, fire bases that were hot out there. We would go out and work with the ODA teams that were out there. and we worked. Really good. With we had a really good relationship with the ODA teams that we yeah. worked with.
1: How uh, how was that a seven month deployment there?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: In in terms of any uh, you know like full mission profile or, or big missions that you that you did during that deployment, are there any that you can talk about or share?
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, we did a, a lot of direct action missions out there. Uh, yeah. In, in I, I don't know how much you actually allowed to share <laughs> yeah. i mean for me i don't give a fuck yeah you know. I, uh, I, I will careful. say i mean i've had i, a, I mean obviously I, i've never wrote a book or yeah, wrote down any yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit odd but yeah. uh yeah i mean we, we captured uh a couple high value targets over there yeah. that were you know pretty exciting missions yeah uh
1: any any significant injuries or uh any taking heavies on your guys side at all
0: uh, we got in a, a couple gunfights over there uh none nobody was Seriously injured yeah. on our side of the... I mean, we were in a, a pretty bad ambush. Um, a few of the ODA vehicles got blown up. Yeah. And uh, we had some other... Some Jundies with us. And yeah. they were just in a Toyota Hilux. And we ended up having to actually calling cast on the vehicles and just blow them up because yeah. they were hit by RPGs. Oh, damn. And uh, luckily, I was actually uh, one of the first vehicles through, so we had already gone into an Overwatch position yeah. for the other vehicles to come mm-hmm through so yeah. we were actually just returning fire yeah. we, we were basically the first people to get out of the fatal funnel and turn around and return fire so yeah. it was a pretty big convoy and obviously you know how the roads out there in afghanistan like you call it a road but it yeah. used to be like a river or just a wash <laughs> yeah so it's it's not like you can drive that fast out of there even when you're getting yeah. shot at so no, we called in quite a bit of casts on the uh, targets there and Then we went up, and we we actually took out quite a few people and went up and secured the position and and, uh, found all the dead guys up there.
1: Yeah, that's good shit. Um, When you were uh, at Cherry Point doing Mm -hmm. the Intel thing, was there any... Collaborative work between uh, you know inter-service relationships, uh, any of the stuff that you did. Did you ever end up working uh, with any soft units or anything like
3: that? No, I didn't. So I worked for headquarters for mm-hmm. the G two. So we would mainly just brief the generals on what's going on, brief pilots, debrief pilots, things yeah. like that. So
1: and what was uh, and I know like especially in the intel world, there's a lot mm-hmm. that, you, that you can't really talk about. But um, is, is there kind of a um, Like not, not necessarily specific, but just kind of a general purpose. Like this was my main gig that you were responsible for during
3: air and tell. I mean, I guess towards the end, it was more Latin America that we were focused on when I was getting out, which was interesting. It kind of shifted. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff in Syria at the time that was big.
1: What years were you in from
3: 2009 to 2013? Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, yeah, I mean that, that's definitely a pivotal shift. Did, Mm -hmm. uh, did so Benghazi happen during that time? Did, did any, did you guys have any involvement? No,
3: during... we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Now.
1: Can you talk at all about the focus uh, that you had in both Syria and Latin America? Or is that
3: that's so, yeah, I mean, yeah. working at headquarters, I have to be careful because yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. all TSSCI, yeah. you know?
1: That's top secret for yeah. those of you people listening that uh, need to choke yourself. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. I know. You know. Again, it's it's tough to to talk about some of these things because there's a lot of a lot of shit that you can't share. But um, is any of the the work the follow on work that you did as a private investigator? You know, anything that you've done that that you that you used a lot of the things that you learned. At- so
3: it's funny as you're bringing up nine eleven, and I was in fourth grade. But even now, it still carries over. Like uh, I went to school for my masters in homeland security and intelligence studies, and wrote my thesis on. The policies that came after 9-11 and if they've had a significant impact in Homeland Security, if they're actually making a difference, you know, to prevent something like that, you know, so it does, it carries over. And especially with Intel, me doing the private investigation work, you know, I started working towards my license in that, which was awesome, you know, but that was more, I did criminal defense with that.
1: In terms of your thesis, I'm curious Mm -hmm. uh, what what was the uh, the general consensus on your end as to whether or not uh, the policies are working, or or if they're not, what could be done better?
3: Uh, The thing is, I mean, they just don't update policies. You know, they you try to find like all the PDFs of policies to see if they have been updated, and they're kind of just yeah, they're not. So
1: it's it's a lot like. uh, government technology like it's always fucking a couple of years they talk behind. about
3: things yeah they yeah. talk about it but nothing ever comes yeah. it's just yeah. a long process so yeah. i guess with tsa and all of that they're doing a good job that's what i found but really with other stuff like customs and border patrol yeah. that's not really going anywhere yeah. you know
1: is there a uh sam's top three things that she would do if she was president oh, to, to unfuck this planet or, oh, or the that's country? so
3: hard to say because right now i feel like i would get rid of a lot of people
1: yeah <laughs> Nothing wrong with in the herd. The herd is thick. It, yeah, it,
3: it, that's hard to say, you yeah. know. Like I said, just a lot of people don't have respect for this country and yeah. the leaders. You know, it doesn't matter if you like him or not. He's still the president. Yeah. You know, that's how I look at it. Yeah. So
1: Yep. Amen. Um so back to the the follow on deployments, you did two more after that, right?
0: Well that was actually that was actually my third deployment okay. was to Afghanistan. Okay. And after that deployment, then I went out to buds, yeah, and that's when I think we were both instructors yeah. out there. I was in third phase, yeah.
1: I was an NDOC and, okay, and yeah. the brown shirt rollback assholes. So I know regularly, like you know, that's one of the unique things about that position is you know I, I would interact with and in, and engage with all the phases because there were guys you know from from every phase in that program. So that was kind of a neat neat component. And then also working hell weeks together. I know we did uh, a few of those, but um, what was your uh, your your uh, general uh, takeaway from being an instructor. Did you, did you enjoy the time there or what, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah,
0: I really did enjoy my time working in, in as a civilian, I worked in first phase, but during my active duty time, I worked in third phase. Yeah. So, it, it's still being a budget instructor, but in third phase, you teach more tactics, land navigation, some HRST stuff, some rappelling, fast roping, and yeah. so you're you're doing a more teaching. And so I think that's really good as far as uh, you know, really developing your your teaching skills and just your, your skills. It, it's always easier to teach. A team, a new team guy, how to do something rather than a bud student. It's yeah. really it's like a blank canvas at that point. Yeah. So yeah. you get guys who you know grew up and their dad was in the military and they shot a lot of weapons to somebody that this is the first day yeah. that they've ever touched a gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they shot a few rounds in boot camp. Yeah. You know, but you're actually trying to teach someone. You know, you're basically like, okay, in three weeks, you need to be an expert, yeah. or you're getting rolled, or you're out of here. Yeah. So I mean, you really have to hone in your teaching skills. So I I I really enjoyed that part of it. And as far as you know, you're really molding a guy and developing him. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys that really come into buds where you know, as an instructor. You know, their main focus is just I'm going to come in there and I'm going to beat as many students as possible, yeah. you know, and I'm going to get everybody to quit. And, yeah. But that's not the goal in third phase. In first phase, it's, you know, the goal is a little different. I wouldn't say the goal is just to get rid of people. You know, obviously, you want to find the right people. Mm-hmm. and and that in itself is is pretty hard yeah. as far as learning that you know, it's not like guys just come in especially some of the younger instructors guys will come in and you know, like i said their whole goal is just to beat everybody down
1: yeah, be the hammer and, yeah.
0: and and you do need the guys like that like I, and especially when i was a civilian you know i was kind of the instructor who helped mentor the instructors yeah. at that point yeah. and, and you're a little older and obviously I there's things I would have done different mm-hmm. when I was a younger instructor yeah. just like it's like being a younger team guy sure. you know you get a little cocky and yeah. you know maybe sometimes you said something or did something that you probably regret these yeah. days
1: yeah yeah and one of the things that I think a lot of people uh don't realize or didn't know is is that there are civilian SEAL instructors Uh, And I know that's, it's been a a fairly recent update. I mean, when we were going through training, there weren't, but you know, because of billeting and manpower shortages and stuff, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and I, and I'm glad that they instituted that policy Uh, real quick. Once you left as a, as an active duty instructor, you went and did another deployment with. uh, Yeah.
0: I went over to team five after that.
1: And how was that deployment?
0: Uh, That deployment was, it, it was good. We went to Ramadi, Iraq. Yeah. And yeah. it was really a hot zone at the time, 2006, 2007. We yeah. relieved Team 3 platoon over there. That was uh, Jocko's platoon, yeah. Leif Babin. Uh, mm. Obviously, Chris Kyle was in that platoon. And, mm. I, I, you know, I, they made the whole American Sniper movie and all that, you yeah. know, about a lot of that deployment. But uh, we came in right after and relieved them. And they did a really good job of establishing outposts and cops and basically getting a foothold in the city. But Ramadi was was the wild west. So as yeah. far as maintaining that, it was it was an action packed deployment, yeah. uh, and it was definitely a deployment. We knew what we were, you know, going into. You yeah. know, they had taken some heavy casualties over there, yeah. and you know, in training we knew if we. You, you basically knew if you went over there you, you were going to take some casualties yeah. like it was just what was going to happen yeah. and you just have to live with that and you just know it's inherent risk of the job and you train as hard as you can yeah. and and I think that really even on another aspect gets you even more laser focused you know, when you're working with the guys and you know you're going to get over there, especially with the new guys. And it, it was kind of a unique scenario because I was coming from Bud's as an instructor yeah. and you walk into the platoon hut. Obviously, bang, you know, here's a lot of guys that you had put through training.
4: Yeah.
0: And you you really start getting the feeling whether eh, that guy really respected me or liked me or that guy <laughs> didn't. And it, it was really cool to see those guys in, in just start doing training with them, yeah. knowing like you you had a big part in training these guys and molding them. Yeah. And now you were getting ready to go to war with them.
1: Yeah. And did, and, did it make you second guess any of your uh, decisions as an instructor with some of the guys?
0: I mean, they definitely just like we did, you know, once once you got out of buds and you were in the bar at the team with one of the guys, you know, you'd bring up, Yeah, you were kind of a dick doing <laughs> this and that. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of times, once you get out of buds and get in a SEAL platoon, you realize why guys did that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were cutting corners and you got in trouble, or you know, you had a piece of gear that was dirty or yeah. didn't do exactly what you were supposed to do, or yeah. weren't paying attention to detail, then you know, you deserved all of that. Yeah.
1: Did you find any of the? Did you ever fuck up where uh, guys that were students that you put through called you on fucking up uh, later on? Because I know, like, I there was an instructor of mine in my first platoon that, uh, I, I watched him like a fucking hawk because of that. I was like, i this motherfucker, you know, I, I was hoping he would fuck up so I could, you know, call him on it just as kind of busting his balls. But did you have any of that?
0: No, I I don't think there was any of that. I actually got along pretty well. So you're saying I'm a petulant child?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, there was obviously times where you know we would be sitting around after missions, or you know, a little story time would come yeah. out. You know, oh, I remember Instructor Sowers over here yeah. yelling at me for this, and yeah. it wasn't even my UDT life vest. <laughs> yeah, and
1: he didn't give a fuck, and he didn't believe me. He
0: just beat me anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I know it. Back to you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Dur- during your time in, were there elements of that uh, unit cohesiveness that were similar to? I mean, obviously, you've been around enough team guys now to to, <laughs> to know a lot of what the community is like. How how were your experiences in the military in terms of that camaraderie and, and brotherhood, sisterhood uh, type type of uh, aspect? By comparison? I mean, with
3: Marines, God, it doesn't matter when you served, what year, with who you served. Your brothers, your sisters—you yeah. know—it's automatic. Moderate, wouldn't you agree? Like with yeah, Marines, definitely for sure. Yeah. I mean, you've gone to our Marine Corps birthdays before and our balls.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. The, the Marines definitely—it's like with the, with the Navy birthday. Yeah. There's not really nobody a gives big, a fuck.
1: <laughs> big yeah. bars. So I, are, is huge, yeah. The one, the one thing know, I'll say, I I think a, the Navy celebrates its birthday every day. Is, is why it's <laughs> and when it actually rolls around. You're like, oh fuck! It's like. Nobody even knows when it is almost, you know, like nobody gives a shit. But yeah, like the <laughs> Marine Corps ball it's and, and the birthday is fucking crazy. Yeah,
3: you know, that's our one time, not even our one time. I mean, there's yeah. there's
0: definitely, you know, the Marines, it, she's walking around and talking to, you know, a guy and he'll be, like, oh, devil dog. You yeah, know, yeah even, that's what I'm
3: saying. doesn't matter what generation Marine yeah, you are, yeah. you know, there's that bond, instant bond, Yeah. you know, and people that I served with, you know, when I was how would I say this? I guess people that I went to boot camp with, you're only there for three months, but it doesn't matter. Those are still my best friends, even closer friends than high school friends. Yeah. You know, we still keep in touch. Yeah. And
1: yeah. yeah. What, what about, uh, in terms of your, your time, uh, in your job as an intelligence mm-hmm. specialist, uh, are there relationships that you have there that have carried on? Like, yeah, same, absolutely. Same kind of
3: There's thing. a guy who just <laughs> messaged me who's in Dallas now that I served oh, yeah. with. Yeah. He well, was in te- cool. Yeah.
0: Who is he? (laughs) Who's this motherfucker? Oh, he did, huh? (laughs) Let me guess—he DM'd you on Instagram. Remember remember
1: me? Oh, Christ! Remember me? No, I don't remember you. No, we served together. Sure, we did.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fucking great. But Uh, yeah, it's
3: there with Marines for sure.
1: Yeah. Speaking of of the sliding into the DMs, with you being a former Marine and and whatever, like, is that just, that's got to be incessant, right? Like, with the DMs? Yeah, military guys, or like, especially Marines, like, oh, you're a Marine? Like, is it just fucking obnoxious or what? The
3: DMs are just so funny, you know, aren't they? Like,. I'll Yay. pay you, I'll pay you. Oh, yeah. Funny. find yeah. him funny. No, I don't know if I'd
1: true. say funny. Like,
3: I'll pay you for a bottle of your piss, and it's oh my like, God. how much? All
1: right, well, this is this is, this is steering into another direction.
3: <laughs> but what? no, not just Marines or yeah. military That's guys. That's the good you know, news. It's, it's not just yeah. military guys not that are just, fucked up. It's a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. What's you the know?
1: weirdest fucking, is, is a bottle of piss the weirdest thing?
3: That's one of them. Oh, God, did you know about that, Mike? Yeah, no, you I'm just did. learning. about, I mean, I <laughs> knew about
0: the toenail
1: clippings. Yeah. And what the fuck?
3: There's some weird shit, and we got, we it gotta, goes down in the DMs yeah. for sure. We, we got
1: to hear. We got to hear some of them.
0: I mean, she she definitely has some loyal followers. (laughs) You you just go and look on the comments there, and you'll get the same guys just sending stuff. And then you'll have people that just send you DM after DM. Yeah, most people would get the hint. Like if somebody doesn't respond to you after like five messages, maybe just keep maybe stop. You know, know? not me. Not (laughs) (laughs) me. You know what? I I think we would be a really good match together. You should shit can
1: that dirt bag you're with. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) jackass seal you're with. Get rid of that guy. They're pretty funny. You can
0: move out to Idaho in my cabin
1: with me. (laughs) I won't make you cut more than half the wood. <laughs> yeah. uh, you look like you have a strong back. Yes. God damn! Uh, all right, so bottle of piss, toenail clippings. Yeah. Any, anything else that's fucking crazy weird? I mean, wh- what was with the toenail clippings? What do they want? Just your toenails? They just clipping? want
3: my toenail clippings. God,
1: you should send them like dog, like, dog toenails. Who thinks of
3: that? You I know. know? I,
1: I figured I would just cut mine off. <laughs> yeah, that's send what I'm saying. Like when they bucks. Ask
3: for. Yeah. <laughs> Totally.
1: Yeah. Anything else other than bottle of piss or toenail clipping?
3: No. Just they ask for nudes, so I'll like Google the nastiest buttholes <laughs> or something I can find and send it to them. You know, uh, like there you go. There's your well, nudes. It's
0: funny now though because she has like all these people pirating accounts. Yeah. So oh yeah. So now all our friends are sending messages. Hey, is this real? Yeah.
3: Did you ask me to sign Did up you ask for a private site? Like, <laughs> well, yes, yeah. that was me, really? Yeah. No, you I know? mean,
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I am not getting asked for toenail clippings, but I, I've had, because I do the online training, like, I've had people be like, hey, this. The, you know, this fucking fake Instagram mm-hmm. pro, Like, I don't I don't think it's you But they're asking for money Like, I've had that happen a few times And I'm just like, fuck me
3: My mom, she just called me And she's like Why do you need an iTunes gift card? I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. She's like, you just DM'd me on Instagram And asked for an iTunes gift card What do you need? Are you in trouble? I'm like, if I was Why would I be asking for an yeah. iTunes gift card? Like, on, think on about Instagram, it Instagram Sure enough, that. it was a fake account I'm yeah. like, you gotta pay attention Don't respond yeah. to them Why you know? are you in
1: Nigeria right now <laughs> Selling bicycles? <laughs> what? It's yeah.
3: like, come
1: on, Pam. Yeah. You Pam, can, you call your mom Pam.
3: Sometimes. Sometimes. You can
1: only send cash and it yeah, needs to yeah, be yeah, FedEx yeah, overnight. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you ten grand over the price and you just send it back to me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know a guy that's that's fall that fell for that. No, he's actually a good friend of mine and a team guy. I'm gonna bring him on the show and, and roast him for it. <laughs> this was back like right when it started. Same thing though, it was like I, you, you I, I selling, may have heard that story.
0: Yeah. I, I remember seeing something online. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a different one. I yeah. think it was just a team guy who was supposed to go work yeah. over in Saudi Arabia. No, this I've was selling a fucking tri, like
1: a, a triathlon bike bicycle, you know. And and it was like he was selling it for like thirty five hundred bucks, and they sent him you know like eight thousand or whatever, and he sent them a cashier's check for Jesus. five grand extra. So, some some shit like that. I don't even remember. I'll bring him on and fucking roast him for it, but. Yeah, I'm and sure he, he'll,
0: he'll be real glad to yeah, tell that story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for Very. sure he will.
1: He's going to tell it, goddamn it. <laughs> um all right, so w- w- back to you Mike when uh, when you got out of the military and transitioned into the civilian gig, can you kind of walk us through that process of starting forged and and just the whole kind of chronological element of of what that looked like?
0: I think I've I've always had the entrepreneur bug always been interested in you know starting a business i'd always have all these ideas you know like stepbrothers you know we're gonna start a business
1: man (laughs) you you were behind burn lounge weren't you
0: (laughs) you know it's just so (laughs) funny i never got into burn lounge but i went to like five of those burn lounge events you know burn lounge ambush it's the new amway ambush yeah Yeah. it's the easy way to say i'm a you know i'm a business owner you know And, and, and it's so hard to tell those people like whenever it's a pyramid scheme, it's the same, same principle. They're just trying to hook you in with something you're interested in. You know, it's, it's about to go public. (laughs) Like (laughs) I remember that all that stuff going around the teams at that time. It was so hilarious, but uh, no, I always had the entrepreneur bug and, you know, we were deployed over in Ramadi and, I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, we had a, a couple good friends of mine get injured really bad. And, uh, you know, I was out on all those operations. And it just kind of makes you think, you know, and you're sitting there talking to somebody, you know, in an overwatch position, joking around. And, you know, 30 minutes later, you know, that person's, you know, bleeding out yeah. over here. And yeah, it lets you know that life is short. And you just start thinking like, you know, hey, is there anything else, you know, I've ever thought about doing it? I guess it just makes you think like the risk isn't really as bad as you you really think it is you you know being a navy seal or just being in the military is is pretty dangerous even though starting your own business is you know it's scary and you don't know you know especially if you don't have a background in business you never went to college you know there's a lot of unknown Mm -hmm. but is it going to kill you to start a business so I I just started thinking and had all these ideas running in my head and I just thought you know what I was like, I had 13 years in active, and I'd actually turned down a pretty heavy reenlistment bonus yeah. while I was overseas. So, you know, I was that was more incentive to really make yeah. it work. But I was just like, you know what? I got this idea, and and I had a few ideas. One of them was, you know, starting an apparel company. And I was like, you know what? I figured I'll get out. I'll give it two years. If it doesn't work, I'll come crying back, knocking on the door (laughs) of the quarter deck, let me back in. So I I got out and, you know, me and uh, one of my other SEAL buddies, Ryan Williams, Mm -hmm. you know, he was a little bit into graphic design and he was my roommate at the time. And I kind of told him my idea. He bought off on it. And we were just he was still I, I, I only had a few months left on my enlistment. So mm-hmm. we had started brainstorming around. We didn't really have a great plan. Yeah. You know, at the time we thought it was a great plan. Yeah. You know, once you got out, you know, everything starts, you know, I, I had about 20 grand saved up to start this business, which seemed like a lot of money, but that basically got us, you know, about five designs and shirts. Yeah. <laughs> so, once once we started, you know, getting a project rolling, it, it was it was doing well, but I was still having to, you know, pick up a couple contract jobs and day jobs doing mm-hmm. it. And, you know, it was really selling the shirts around the team. We made a couple tribute shirts yeah. um, for some guys to raise some funds. And, and that's what really sparked... Was just helping make the shirts for the you know the the, the guys the tribute shirts yeah. and once we started making those guys were like hey man you guys should make some more you should make some more and we weren't even really you know a, a real legitimate business by then <laughs> so you know just like with anybody starting a business especially you know back then guys were like you know how do you how do you start a business yeah. you know you get online you just start looking you know yeah. and you kind of just do it with things it's, if you always wait and wait and wait and wait. And, you know, till the opportunity's perfect, you're just going to wait too long. Yeah. So you just start action, you know, just start taking action and doing what you're supposed to do. And, and basically all the lessons you learned in the teams about organizing, being responsible. But we, yeah, you know, got a couple of T-shirts out there and we just started selling them, got an online store going. And we kind of just used our team guy network, really. Uh, I mean, the first year in business and it wasn't even a full year. I think we did like one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and we only had a website for a few months that year. And We were basically just selling them out of the trunk of our car around the team and at bars, and yeah. you know, but just pushing it, just getting the name out there and, and making it happen. And then, you know, it, everything just evolved you know we were running out of our house and our apartment and hired an employee and guy worked out of our living room <laughs> yeah. threw a desk in the apartment and rented a couple of garages and we'd go out there and it was about hundred degrees during the day. We had pack orders and, yeah. you know, the whole time, uh, you know, Ryan was working a contract job and I was working another contract job and, you know, we, we hired another employee after that. Then we got a warehouse and, you know, a few more employees and then actually as far as the civilian budget instructor job came i just got a call one day uh, from a friend and he he said hey you know we're starting up this program where we're going to bring in you know former seals and guys who have backgrounds in instructing to be civilian instructors and of course you know i thought like oh a civilian instructor you know i'll just be doing some admin role i'm in charge of records in the first phase or something and He, you know, he told me what the salary was and it was more than the job I was currently working yeah. at so I was automatically interested. Yeah. And then he was like, "No, actually, you know, you're going to be running evolutions and be a first phase instructor, you know. Yeah. You're going to basically just wear a uniform and no rank on it and you know just fit in where you need to fit in and, and yeah. you do the job and they really wanted to do it because there was a lot of turnover at that time and there wasn't a lot of continuity mm-hmm. and you know a lot of guys would go to buds and you know even if it was a three-year billet a guy might only spend a year and a half there and you know a platoon to call over hey we need a sniper you know or hey we need yeah. a breacher or you know one of the oics would get fired a chiefs to get fired so even a lot of the headshed had turnover yeah so there just wasn't a lot of continuity, so that's why they wanted to bring in a couple civilians into each phase. So for me, it was a really unique experience because, you know, I got to come back in and be around the military, and you know, most of the students at the time, like they didn't know any difference between you; they would just yeah. call you instructor sours. Yeah, know, they didn't really know that you weren't even active duty. Yeah. So it was it was cool to be able to be. Like you were in the military, but you weren't. So it was really good because as soon as like all the training had to go down or mandatory GMTs or yeah. anything else, you like, all right, guys, I'll yeah. see you later. I'm done for the day.
1: I'll be, I'll be Danny's eating a slam burger. Yeah,
0: you, you didn't yeah. need to deal with all the extracurricular military yeah. BS that yeah. was there. So that was that was really cool. Uh, the only thing about working in first phase, though, you did have to, you know, keep up a neat and clean appearance. To yeah. where if you were working in advanced training or somewhere yeah. else out an island, you know, yeah. you could get away with, you know, not having to wear a uniform yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know. I can only imagine that having uh, having that business at the time and being a civilian contractor instructor like that's only going to help. You know, I mean, a lot, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of students are like, oh, it's a team guy owned business or cool shirts like. That had to help grow the brand, I would imagine, right? I mean, unintentionally, of course, but
0: yeah, and I mean, it was brought up as far as just because at that point it was kind of where you got into the whole, you know, team guys starting to get into business and yeah. and branding, and so I definitely, you know, had to go explain my situation when, when I was getting hired. You know, I divulged, you know, I was A one of the owners of of forged, and I basically told him what my brand was. And the, you know, the commanding officer, the command master chief, they were cool at that. You know, I had to sign some paperwork saying, you know, I'm not going to push my brand here. And and I didn't. There was definitely students who knew who I was. And, you know, obviously, if somebody came up, tried to talk to me about it, you know, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, be telling some student, "Oh, yeah, that's great. You should get out and start doing it." I mean, there was a few incidents where you know instructors would be doing room inspections, be like, "Oh, this guy's got a Ford shirt in here. Yeah. Oh, look at this oh, yeah. guy thinks he's a team guy, right?" <laughs> you know, and I would just kind of walk out of that room, and be like, oh, "I don't need to be involved in any of this." yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, it definitely. It it was cool than the fact that, you know, I had a a good day job where I didn't have to eat ramen noodles all the time, you know, so we were able to invest the money back into the company, which helped a lot. And Mm -hmm. we had a good staff and we had a good organization so we could trust them with the day to day operations. Yeah.
1: At that time, had you heard of. Did you know of Forge before you met him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I
3: mean, even in Illinois, people were wearing Forge. Oh, and I'm shit. like, What is that? Oh, yeah. it's a Navy SEAL brand. I'm like, oh, that's gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
1: fucking great. Um so from from that point on, like, it just continued to grow and grow and then Ryan went and did his own thing. Like, kind of what if you can just walk us through like the the process of, of from there to where you're at now
0: we just you know, like you said we we grew organically a lot through social media and back then a lot of it was through facebook a lot of grassroots we got attached uh, with crossfit obviously dave castro had a big part in yeah. the crossfit games and he invited us up to aromas and i think it was technically the second year of the crossfit yeah. games that he was like hey come up to you know aromas to my dad's truck and garage we're gonna have this you know crossfit games up here and yeah and we we're like, well, it's like a seven-hour drive, man. I don't know. So we rented a U-Haul, and, and uh, me and Ryan drove up there. And, I mean, we ended up... It was a great community. And we yeah. ended up selling damn near every single thing we went up there with. And we yeah. were like, oh, my God, I can't believe how much money we made. And yeah. and, it, and it wasn't just about selling the product and making money. It was actually, like, meeting good people. It was yeah. just a good community. And yeah. CrossFit was a, a pretty small community at that time. And yeah. they kind of had the, that you know elite you know disciplined mentality that you have in the seal teams yeah yeah, so yeah, crossfit was real new at the time and which was kind of funny for us because remember, you remember know, people back in like 2003 coming to the team like hey we'll certify you guys in crossfit yeah and we were like what do you mean we're gonna like run around with kettlebells and sandbags like we yeah. already do that on deployment <laughs> when we don't have a gym like yeah. you know nobody's gonna pay to do that yeah. you know and eddie, you know, eddie lugo opened one of the first crossfit gyms in yeah. san diego and we're like you're gonna go broke yeah. like nobody's gonna pay to do crossfit you don't have any equipment you yeah. know and all of a sudden he just started taking off and so being attached with the crossfit community and then also with the you know the seal teams really were were two communities that had a strong following a very loyal following and that helped us you know grow exponentially very rapidly through the ranks and back then there was really just a handful of patriotic military inspired brands i mean now there's a new one popping up every day you know I, i probably get five you know, emails or texts, not really texts, but emails a day or DMs from people. Hey, I want to start a brand just like Forged. You yeah. know, what, what should like, I do? Yeah. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's what you should yeah. <laughs> but it's one thing you can tell me, we'll work really hard <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, but there wasn't really a lot of patriotic military inspired brands at the time. And it, and it was a kind of an on market. So but once we got that following, it, it just started growing like wildfire. Yeah. But like now, it's just the hardest part. It's just staying relevant because there are so many other brands. Yeah, true. But I think a lot of people are, are still loyal to, you know, the the pioneers in the industry. True. It's kind of like any industry. It like, you know, surfing or, you know, snowboarding, skiing. Yeah. You know, people are always, you know, more partial to the pioneers of the brand.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I love seeing the the progress that uh, the, the company's made over the years. And I mean, I remember buying... Uh, the, uh, you know, several of the first designs that you guys ever came out with and uh, and wore them literally in, until they were worn out. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, are you I mean, in terms of some of those original designs? Like, have you ever thought about bringing some of those back or or uh, you know refreshing it? Because I know, like, some of those designs I think are still fucking cool. You know, we, we've actually,
0: especially uh, in the last few years, we've had a lot of people who have really requested that we bring those designs back. Yeah. I, I think we may have to do a revision for some of them. I mean, if you re- remember back then, like Affliction was kind yeah. of the big theme, yeah. and Ed Hardy and stuff. So a lot of our first designs were these big, giant, gaudy, all-over yeah. prints, yeah. which now, unfortunately, that's kind of has the reputation of you know the the jersey guido yeah. the douche named douche. kyle yeah.
1: wears axe body spray and crossfit right? yeah.
0: is that exactly you know hey do you make that in sleeveless <laughs> <laughs> so we're working right now and redesigning some of those old designs and, and bring them back just with a more fresh feel to them yeah um yeah and as your market gets older, obviously, you never want to be that brand that, like you said, isn't that douche category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of want to make the exit strategy before that happens. But yeah. I think what we did, you know, I think our transition, we did it well. Yeah. But yeah, like the simple answer to that question yes, we, we are working right now on bringing some of those designs yeah. back.
1: Or at least elements of them. That's yeah. good shit. So for you, Sam, when you, as you got out, obviously, like there's there's a lot of things that you've done. Since you got out, can you walk us through kind of that same same process of uh, you you decided to get out of the military and and now what
3: um, so I decided to get out, go to school to be a teacher actually really? so I went back to Illinois wanted to be a teacher as I'm going through the program, I was so disappointed because the way that they're teaching children today is just yeah not the up. way I learned. So yeah. they would say you can't use a red pen to grade children <laughs> because it'll give them bad thoughts. And if a child says the answer to two plus two is five, you don't say that's wrong. You say how did you get that answer? Holy and I'm like, fuck. are you kidding me? So this is in
1: Illinois, this was the case.
3: Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. Forget it. You know, and then when you're doing the student teaching, especially in the suburbs of Chicago, you get a lot of kids who just don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, they were so unruly and they were little assholes, honestly. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this. You yeah. know, this is not me, especially as a Marine, like I will yeah. snap. I
5: about to <laughs> you crack know? somebody's I'm fucking like, head.
3: Yeah, this yeah. is not me. I can't use a red pen. I can't tell the kid he's wrong. Yeah. Like, forget it. I'm gonna I'm
1: use out. a red pen and I'm gonna draw a dick on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, scratch so, and sniff
0: that sticker. It yeah. smells like a turd. <laughs> Sam, we're going to
1: need you to come into HR.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was not the path. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start going back to school for Homeland Security, getting into that, doing something in security or in intelligence. You know? So I actually moved to California because I was getting tired of... Illinois. Now wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: gonna have to call you on that. If yeah. the politics and, and kid, know, kid gloves are bad in Illinois, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it up so a notch and move to California. It's the weather. The weather. It's All the right.
3: weather. I I can't take it in yeah. Illinois, you know, it's yeah. just brutal. It's, so I'm like I need something Rican different. different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was on the East Coast, you know, raised in the Midwest. I'm like, I'm going west. Yeah. You know, so I actually got into advertising randomly, you know. I had a friend who she got me in with Deutsch. It's one of the biggest advertising agencies mm-hmm. in the nation started learning how to do that. that's when I really got into marketing and branding myself, you know, and then that's when I guess my social media started really taking off, you know, mm-hmm. when I started branding myself. Yeah. So
1: uh, where did the, the private investigation component fit? So in? So
3: I started working on my license last January, kind of stopped that now when I took on forged, you know, because that takes a lot of time doing the social media. I'd really like to go back to doing that. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't criminal defense. And that was hard because we would have to defend sex offenders, for example, you know? And so with some cases, you just knew they were innocent, like guys that were falsely accused of rape. You just know when you're hearing about the incident and looking into it. But then there's other things with those sex offenders, you know, when you're reading about him touching a his fifteen-year-old son. You're like yeah. Jesus Christ. You got to defend this guy. Yeah, so that was really hard.
1: And you didn't you, know? you didn't have the ability to opt out on that. Like you're forced to do it. You're forced to right defend.
3: with the firm that I worked for. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it was just it was that or criminal quit. Defense. Basically. Yeah. God damn. So I did. Uh, I got registered as a process server, so I would serve. You know. what can't believe I came subpoenas. subpoenas thank you subpoenas yeah and so I would take Mike along with me to help with that because you'd have to go to some really shady yeah. neighborhoods to serve well, those subpoenas and
1: so with that gig do you guys have the ability to carry uh for that or
3: you can I think it's pretty hard so I know in California yeah Impossible to get a concealed it, yeah so you can yes um, yes yeah.
1: <laughs> you can carry yeah, you're rocking a fucking miniature fire extinguisher bear spray or what? Like
3: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean when you're <laughs> serving like hunter. that, it's it's scary. Yeah. So Yeah, in
0: criminal defense, usually the subpoenas are in Crackheads. not the best neighborhood. Yeah, it's not La Jolla, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> When it's like a crackhead on crackhead crime. Yeah. And that was one end, of our first cases. Does does one crackhead's have does another end crackhead. It ended up being the worst. Jesus. It's yeah. everybody, you know, everybody involved yeah. is just a
1: crackhead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Jesus. Did,
1: did you guys have any, uh, any like, close calls or significant conflicts where you're getting into it with, with people? or?
3: When I was serving subpoenas? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So there was one guy. He had a dog in his front yard, so if you don't want to be served, just have a dog, because like, then I'm not going in <laughs> no, your yard to serve you. There's fucking 30 of them here. So so.
0: Not just do any dog. <laughs>
3: yeah, Jesus.
0: <laughs> a, a pit bull out there that's salivating out of the mouth. It looks yeah. like it hasn't been fed in about two days.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so now I have to wait for this guy to come out. So now I'm on a out I'm waiting, you know, from... 4 a.m. to whenever this guy decides to come out and just check his mail or something. Mm-hmm. So this guy finally comes out. I jump out of my car real quick and I'm like, hey, so and so. I say his name, you know, he looks back, I'm like, do I know you? I'm like, Oh, I live down the street. I think I got some of your mail. He's like, oh, Okay. And I hand him the subpoena. I'm like, hey, you know, here's a subpoena for this. That's not me. That's not me. I'm like, yes, it is. Sir, you just said your name. You know, I'm not taking that. You can't do that. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave it right here on your car. Nope, you can't do that. He grabs it, he throws it. I'm like, gee. Christ I'm like okay sir just took a picture of him have a good day you can't do this you can't do this he's ripping yeah. it up
1: so how, so that makes me curious how does that work in terms of uh from a legal aspect like
3: mm-hmm.
1: in serving a subpoena uh from a legal representation standpoint like you're allowed to do that yeah
3: like, I can set it right in front of them if I want to they don't have to accept it
1: but do you, do you have to verify that it's them yes yeah mm-hmm. and you can basically do that however you want however no oh, shit mm-hmm yeah, your uh, your ex wife called and yeah. uh, it's deliver a stripper day. And are you so and so? Fuck yeah, I am. How oh, good? Here you go. Yep. That's
0: it. It, it works a lot yeah. better when you send a hot chick no, over I know. there. I, I don't so, doubt Especially it. most of these guys that were getting served subpoenas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <you> yeah. Know. <laughs> they, they look like they were living in their you know, mother's basement yeah. Yeah, you know, until I'm they were 47 door. years old. Yeah. There's a rusty army outside. My lucky outside. day. <laughs> so when they see some hot
2: chick roll up,
0: yeah. hey, Stan, remember yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> me, Stan yeah. Kramer, right here. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino-style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon.
0: Uh, and it's so, funny to watch him turn like as soon as she hands him the papers, like, oh no, no that's, that's not me. Not me. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. mean didn't mean yeah. to say that. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, did you say it's Dan Kramer? No, yeah. no, that's not me. It's that's hysterical it. and Holy they fuck. deny
3: it. Nope, not me. Yeah. You yeah.
1: Got I'm a me.
0: giant picture on right
1: beside it. No, yeah. I think this is yeah. you. Yeah. But
3: that's yeah, they twin. can rip <laughs> it up if they want. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: But at that point legally, they're considered served, and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Did you guys? Did you ever? From a physical altercation standpoint? No,
3: thank God. Yeah. You know. Thank yeah. God.
1: No, no guns drawn on you or anything like mm-hmm. that. Uh, any, any uh, dog situations other than that one? Like, did you ever have some gnarly dog come fucking? I
3: hauling? mean, yeah, there were a few places, you know, especially in those ghettos that we went to when we were serving the crackheads. Right. Oh, yeah. Like every, them, every person had a freaking pit bull. Yeah. So, so they didn't, they didn't get served yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. on that day. How,
1: how does that work in terms of uh, like, who hires you to do something like that?
3: It's a private investigation firm. So, I, and I, what happens is you work under that private investigator's license yeah. uh, for your hours. You have to get so many hours. Mm-hmm. So, like with a master's degree, that counts for two, 3,000 hours already. You yeah. have to get, I think, 5,000, 6,000. Yeah. So,
0: but you guys are hired by usually by the attorney.
3: Oh, yeah, if that's what you're asking, yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah, an attorney will take us on for a case to investigate the case for them. Okay, But it's made. not only just attorneys. It could be, like, wives. We had yeah. fidelity cases where yeah. wives would say, I think my husband's cheating. Can you see if he's going out to the bars and yeah. things like that? Uh, what
1: does that process look like uh, in terms of how you how you conduct that? You're just staking out and fucking mm-hmm. following guys? And yep. Ever get rolled up doing that? No. no. It's always in a busy area, though, I imagine, right?
3: When you're staking out? Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like,
1: I mean, like here, like where the fuck are you to? Like, there's nowhere to park within.
3: Oh yeah, eight hundred yards. See, of yeah. your, you know.
1: But like, in terms of trying to blend in and all that, like, what uh, can you can you give us a couple of examples of how you did it? And I'm not trying to give the guys a fucking heads know, up. No, now here. you're just, like going to give away all my yeah. tips. Yeah, no, you don't have to get on. too in depth. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just curious, like what. Uh, like you see a lot of shit in the movies, but i've never I've never talked to a private investigator before. I'm curious like how that how that works
3: well, for example, like my boss, she would just go to the bars and start talking to them if she had to you know get information for him, yeah. so they would buy drinks, she'd talk you know yeah. sneaky was good. Sneaky she she was, was real good she yeah. had all the
0: yeah, most guys that are you know already. That shady. They they weren't really that good about hiding anything. (laughs) Or the workers
3: comp guys. She would go stake out at their gyms and watch them as they're working out and talk to them and flirt with them. And they're like, look at how much I can. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And it's like. They've got these workers' comps claims, and it's like, dude, yeah. you're busting. Watch me
0: back squat 450 yeah. <laughs> here. Yeah, you know, the guy screaming and yelling in the gym. Ah, ah yeah. Hey, get this on YouTube so yeah. I can show everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a fucking trip. <laughs> so w- were uh, were there a lot of workmen's comp claims that you guys would?
3: Not so much that I dealt with while yeah. I worked for. It. I did yeah. more like um, the criminal defense. Yeah. You know the sex offenders and yeah.
1: Yeah, that's some interesting shit. I, yeah, I you know, was, again, it's something like, it was neat. you know, to, to having never met you, just, you know, to see your profile on social media and knowing some of these things, it's like, it's, it's a surprise, you know, it's <laughs> you pretty You don't wild.
3: advertise that part it's too pretty, much. It's pretty wild, you know? yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool shit. All right. So from there, how did it, you started branding yourself and you've been mm-hmm. doing some of the uh, PI work. Um, how has that transitioned into, um, a lot of the different campaigns, because I, I know you're, you're like an affiliate or a brand ambassador. Yeah. So I'm a,
3: a brand ambassador for a few companies. I mean, strike force, Warrior Flask, Curves and Combat Boots, um, Ammo Inc. So we got an ammo sponsor. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Uh, Full Conceal, you know, the foldable glocks. And, yeah. So a lot of a lot of sponsorships, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, we get to go a lot of places and travel, and some of the companies are just amazing to work with. Like Warrior Flask, they yeah. give me flask every month to just donate to law enforcement officers and military. So for us, we love going to police departments yeah. and handing this stuff out and saying thank you. You know, yeah. we have the utmost respect for you guys. It's, yeah. We do I that mean, a lot.
1: To me, the, the one of the neat things about your guys' relationship, both personally and professionally, is that kind of synergy and parallel, like mm-hmm. between forge the brand and and the different, you know, brands that you're an ambassador for. And and they just, they all kind of, kind of work together in in a good way. I mean, that's, that's got to be mutually beneficial, I'm assuming, right? yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's great to be able to give back, obviously, you know, being in the military and where we come from and, you know, having, you know, a relationship with police officers and first responders. And it it just feels good to give back to people that, you know, put so much out there for the people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, 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 follow you guys fairly close and, uh, and it, I love to see like, it seems like every, every few days you guys are with some other department and
3: we really try and, to and I giving mean, them,
1: giving them stuff. And I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, where, where do you guys see yourself business wise as far as that goes, moving, moving into the future, if you will,
3: a lot more giving back, right? We have so many ideas for forged, you know, for the other companies I work with. I mean,
0: yeah, as far as, you know, we've always had campaigns at Forged. Uh, you know, we run a yearly campaigns like we do the Murph Challenge. And, you know,
1: just... For, we, for, for those people that are listening that aren't familiar with that, can you uh, describe slash explain uh, each campaign, actually?
0: Uh, the Murph Challenge is a workout campaign that we do. We work directly with the Michael P. Murphy Memorial Scholarship Foundation, mm-hmm. and that's run by Michael's family, Michael Murphy, who was uh, awarded the Medal of Honor after he was killed in Afghanistan? I, the mo- yeah, lone survivor yeah. was basically, you know, portrayed about the actions over there, and uh, we started working with the family, uh, doing this campaign, and they had kind of started it on their own, and it it, w- it was successful, but they uh, it, it it grew. Very rapidly. Yeah. So they were approached us and were like, hey, and, you know, we don't really know how to ship all this stuff out. And, you know, we have all this, you know, people that want to be involved in it, but we're not sure exactly how to do it. So they asked us to be involved. Uh, We took a look at the campaign. We said, yeah, I think that's right up our alley. Uh, So we work directly with the family, just growing it, you know, over the last eight years, just growing the campaign. And it's really evolved into, um, you know, a a worldwide campaign and gyms can get involved in it. You can become an official host and it usually kicks off on April 1st and it culminates on Memorial Day. And usually you don't have to be a CrossFit gym. You could be a police department. You could, you know, if you wanted to have one here, just sponsor it by your company. You could sign up as an official host and do that. You know, some like high school sports teams will do it. We have professional sports teams that do
1: it. I'm going to have the dogs do it. They're going to smoke everybody's ass. (laughs) That that
0: would would be pretty (laughs) good. Yeah. But you just go on to the themrfchallenge.com, and you can register on the themrfchallenge.com. We have a leaderboard on there. So after you do the workout, you can go ahead and put your information in there, and you can see where you rank amongst everyone else in
1: America. Can you, can you describe what the actual workout is?
0: And so the Murph workout, if you're not familiar with a CrossFit workout, it's a one-mile run. And it's followed by 100 pull-ups. And that's in body armor, right? Yes. Uh, to to, it, to do it prescribed, yes, yeah, so you're supposed to wear a 20-pound weight vest. Yeah. And for people now that are listening and are like, I'm not even going to attempt running one mile with or 100 a 20-pound weight yeah. vest on. Forget it. Yeah. You don't have to do it with yeah. a weight vest on. And, yeah. you know, it's really people just supporting the cause um, because there are scholarships given away every year for the foundation. And we get a lot of questions from people that are like, well, I can't do the Murph workout. We actually do a lot of uh, scaled workouts that we'll put out on our website and to show you, hey, if you can't do this workout, this is something you can do instead. Yeah. If you belong to a CrossFit gym, one of your instructors can easily uh, give you tips on scalable workouts that you can do. How to
1: not be such a pussy. <laughs> yeah, like, well, even, <laughs> I'm just being an asshole because that's my job. No, I get it. I, I, I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I love the fact that, uh, that there's that much involvement. I, just, I cannot help myself sometimes. And that was one of them. Sorry, yeah. go ahead.
0: <laughs> but like like i said it's you know a 1 mile run and then you could do 100 pull-ups and then 200 push-ups and then 300 air squats and then another 1 mile run
1: yeah that's a, it's a ball buster yeah oh
0: it, it it's a terrible workout yeah. like you feel so good yeah. after it's over you feel like you've accomplished so much yeah but and and the funny part about it is everybody thinks like the last mile run is the easiest (laughs) but once you've done all All of those hair squats and you're trying to run like you feel like you're wearing concrete shoes trying to get on there especially if you have a vest on and the the first time you do this workout you know most people will get in there and be like ah you know it doesn't really sound that bad like it's hard but not that hard and you you start doing it and then you're trying to do that last run and you're like oh my god this is so Miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you do do it in a group, I would say it, you know, for people that it might be the first time they are doing it and you, you can register and just do it on your own if you want to do it at a park or whatever. That's fine. Uh, if you can do it in a group, being with that group mentality, I think yeah. that helps a lot. Uh, you know, especially if you are doing it at a CrossFit gym or, uh, you know, functional fitness facility, there's instructors there and, you know, they can tell you, you know, different tips and tricks about, you know, how to basically pace yourself for the workout. Yeah.
1: That's a huge component to it for sure. Uh, how many, how many years has it been going on now? So
0: as far as the Murph Challenge, we've been doing the Murph Challenge for five years. Uh, When we first were approached with it, it was called Memorial Day Murph. Yeah. Um, But as far as there were some trademark issues going on there and and some gyms had already been doing some other type workouts. So working with the family, we decided to change it and called the Murph Challenge and and obviously when it is called Memorial Day Murph, it's it's kind of targeted right for that day where, you know, the Murph Challenge is, is kind of, it begins April 1st. Yeah. So most people aren't ready just, boom, all right, Memorial Day, I'm just going to knock out the Murph. You know, they it takes some work up to yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So getting that mindset out there that this is a challenge and I know what I'm getting myself into now, yeah. it, it really, I think, helped uh, grow the actual event. Yeah. And it really it brings a lot more people on now where, you know, you can challenge somebody to do it. Yeah. And, you know, person takes a look at it, like I said, and you, there's, there's a programming that's involved with it sure. that you can get involved with and... I mean, I'm not saying, boom, go join a CrossFit gym just because you're going to do it. Yeah. But I think it does help build that sense of community if you can find, challenge somebody, You know, whether you're in a gym or not, but you find somebody else in your community that wants to do it with you. You get a friend, and maybe get two more people to do it, three more people to do it. It's just like working out. It holds you accountable sure. yeah. when you get a group of people to do it. Yeah. So definitely, if you're going to attempt it, I attempt to do the workout. If attempt to do the Murph, I would suggest that you at least get a buddy yeah. to help you out, or go down to your local CrossFit gym or functional fitness gym, and yeah. you know go ahead and ask them about the workout, yeah. and you know sign up for a membership.
1: Maybe not twenty four hour fitness. Yeah, <laughs> they might. What's they wrong might with Planet Fitness?
4: Yeah, they, Planet the Globo fitness, gym. fitness. Anytime, Lobo
1: Gym. Do you guys do – so I'm I'm assuming like between the marketing stuff that you're doing mm-hmm. and, and, you know, owning a company, like that time of, of year I'm sure is stupid busy. Do you guys pick a, a gym and, and do the workout uh, on a certain day or like how, how do you guys get involved if at all? I mean,
0: I mean we have in the past at uh, certain times. In the last couple years, it just becomes – it's kind of a crunch time for us yeah. because – people are ordering the shirts and obviously you don't know exactly how many people are going to sign up. Everybody wants their shirts to wear for the event. Um, So it becomes very uh, intensive logistically and then getting content for it. So, like i the last time we actually did do an event we actually had a pretty big one uh, in downtown san diego Uh, marco sutrell came out for it and uh, we had the news out there we had quite a few people out there we actually had a big fundraiser after it and of course we had the last heat which was all you know team guys and marines so everyone stayed to watch the news is there (laughs) (laughs) you know so (laughs) at at that point you you know people are counting reps and everything so you know you're on the news you're making sure you know yeah. you're doing everything right. Your hands are bleeding, yeah. and I remember it was just get done with the workout. You know, laying there on the floor, feeling like you're going to have to puke, and then all of a sudden, like, oh hey, we need you over at the uh, the bar. <laughs> actually, I think you came out for one of the yeah. workouts, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, so we had to run over to the bar. I still got chalk all over me. My hands are bleeding, and yeah. all of a sudden, Jeez. somebody's like, hey, we got to hang a banner off the yeah. bar, and I'm still sweaty and. Fuck. You know, it's kind of like biting off a little more than you can chew. It's On paper, it seemed like it was going to work
1: out real well. It's like every (laughs) CrossFit workout. When you read it, you're like, fuck, that's not that bad. And then two-thirds of the way through, you're like, holy (laughs) fucking Christ, what did I I I get
0: myself
3: into? (laughs) So last year, we kind of just did it on our own, you know?
0: Yeah, it, it depends. You know, some years... You know, when there is an event, you know, we will go to the gym and, and do it with them. But other years, if we get behind on production, I mean, obviously that takes priority, all hands on deck. Yeah. And, and we have a, a good team in place at Forged, and uh, my business partner does a really good job of running logistics and yeah. and just the operational side of the house. But yeah. when, once you get something that big, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like when they're, they're successful, it's kind of like that old... Uh, you know, the commercials where people start a business and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, can't wait till we get one sale. And then it starts spinning yeah. and you're like, oh, no, how are we going to get all these orders out? Yeah. And like I said, obviously, it's, it's about staying on top of it. The, the worst thing you can do is produce too much inventory. Yeah. Because now at the end of the year, you're trying to sell that inventory that has a date on it. Yeah, Uh, you know, so that's a loss. So you don't want to print up too much inventory, but you also want to print up enough inventory that you can get it out in time. So it's just it's a real crucial numbers game Mm. that you got to play.
1: Yeah, I suppose right now is pretty. Pretty tight leading up to April first for you guys mm. right now, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It actually, it get is. The shirt design, start getting content. You yeah. know, with the shirt to put out. Yeah, that's the biggest thing.
1: Do you so with you having an integral part in doing marketing, a lot of the social media stuff, mm-hmm. um, and being in a relationship? I'm curious, just out of my own curiosity, like, d- does that affect you guys? Personally, some like. does are there Do times? We argue? Well, I mean, I, I, I know you.
4: I, yeah, I mean, I know you guys
1: fuck with each other. That you get into it sometimes, but like, I, I can imagine dating somebody, you know, and you, you work together, especially in, in a capacity where you're the business owner, you know. Like, is there ever pissing contests? Like, are you afraid to say you fuck this up, or I, I would have rather you oh, done he's it this never way. Never
3: afraid to say yeah. if right. I fuck something yeah. up. Yeah. In I fact, cannot. I look for
1: it. Yeah. I, can, can, like I'm curious to get your your take on it, since he's been running his mouth here for about ten minutes. Uh, I'm just talking with you. Um, not really. The uh, you know what is it like working for your boyfriend? Yeah, you know everyone and
3: thinks it's going to be.
1: I think it would suck. So great to work with your terrible. significant
3: other. You know, I thought so too. Because before I just did my own thing, you know, with the private investigation stuff, advertising. And then I just came on in January because they're like, you do a really good job with social media, you know, and I could help with that and get content. And it is, it's hard sometimes, you know, sometimes we have different ideas of what needs to be posted or what we should be putting out. Or I'm like, maybe we should do a sale for this day. And he's like, well, here's why you can't. Because I mean, he's been in business a lot longer than I have, you know, there's other things I don't know. Yeah. But
1: and he he makes sure to let you know you don't know him. yeah oh yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> she she does
0: she does a great job creating the content but
3: it, with that there's a lot of things he doesn't know about social media you know I'm like we should be doing giveaways to get people you know more involved what more free engaged, shit fuck you engagement you, <laughs> <laughs> you know you like these stickers the like, <laughs> we should be giving out stickers <laughs> to people and this and that you know i paid for
0: that fucker <laughs> you're gonna pay for it <laughs> no one's gonna buy the cow if you get away the milk yeah, for free. so yeah
3: just things like that you know yeah. we're we're learning from each other but, but
0: yeah definitely brainstorming ideas and i i think one of the biggest fallacies with social media is people think it's Because once you post something, it doesn't seem, you know, to the person observing it that, oh, that, you know, they probably just thought of that, you know, it took five minutes to put up there. But, I mean, especially with, there's so many social medias now, and it's like, you know, you're you're doing the
3: LinkedIn, the Twitter, the uh, Facebook, you know, Instagram. And who knew that LinkedIn was a social media? I did not know that, really. And now I'm learning that, oh, my God, people are using this as a social media tool to promote things.
0: and it's not just like, it, it's just for Forge, you know, for the separate campaigns we have, like for the yeah. Merv Challenge. Yeah, because so I run have the Merv Challenge
3: own. account too. So that's yeah. totally separate. And yeah,
0: and in, in, in just, you know, other, other things that we have going on and manage it. And, then, and the next personal, thing you know, you're like, I'm managing eight social media accounts. So yeah. I yeah. have to post on eight social it, it's media getting accounts. Getting the
3: content to have something to post every day is so hard, yeah. you know, because yeah. you don't want to just post t-shirts every day.
1: Yeah, it is tricky, and and you know I I know even as a uh, you know uh, the gentleman sitting here running the show does all of my so- social media stuff. So uh, for those of you listening, when you send me a message or see a comment, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here. It's usually not me. <laughs> Sometimes it is. You just never know. It's flip of a fucking coin. But my point is, is it similarly like there's a lot of things that I admittedly uh, don't know, but I I do know how much goes into it, um, and and also you know being more on the back end or, or, you know, as as more of an afterthought or, or you know, not a main contributor in terms of the ideas and content and what have you. I know enough about it to be A, dangerous, but B, you know, it changes kind of my outlook as a user of social media mm-hmm. or as, as an observer, I guess. And, and I know, you know, the more profiles there are, the more companies that are using it. Uh, that's one of those things that, I mean, that shit evolves almost day to day you know, and and it's hard. I mean, you know, the more people you follow, like as you're streaming through your timeline or whatever, it's like, it it makes sense as to why certain things work and don't work Mm -hmm. and whatever. I know what catches my attention. I know what irritates me, you know, like fucking advertisements in the middle of a video. Like I will stop watching the video right fucking now. Like Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck what it is or how into it I am. Like if it's a YouTube video and it's like, Oh, your shit will can like, fuck you. Like I, I take it personal. I don't know why, but...
3: Or newsletters, like yeah. a lot of companies send out newsletters three, four times a week. There's yeah. a sale Monday, yeah. sale Tuesday. Or like,
1: yeah, every four fucking day. does a good day. job about not yeah. doing that, yeah. you know? Yeah, like just <laughs> enough to let you know when shit's worth knowing right. about, but like, otherwise leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, and,
0: and that's a big mistake a lot of companies make, too. It, you know, it's conditioning your buyers mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's like you sign up for a certain email blast, or you see on social media and a company is like 40% off, 50% off, 40% off, 50%. Yeah. Like every other day you're having a sale. So yeah. why am I going to buy it when you know, it's full price? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, it's like when you look at a company like Apple, if yeah. Apple has like a 5% off sale, yeah. you know, people are going nuts and yeah. going crazy. Because right. yeah, they never do. Because <laughs> right. they never yeah. do. And yeah. So just basically feeling out your audience like that, you know, and obviously that's when you look at your product and you're like, well, how much is your product actually worth? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, how much are people actually paying for your product?
1: True. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yep. No, I, uh, I get it hundred um, percent. So back to, you know, in terms of you guys working mm-hmm. collectively, what, uh, what other projects uh, in, in terms of the campaigns do you guys, uh, obviously we talked about the Murph one. What are the other mm-hmm. ones that you guys do?
0: Right now, we're doing a campaign for Eddie Gallagher. It's the Free Eddie campaign. Uh, He's a Navy SEAL chief. If you haven't heard, he is actually right now in pretrial confinement for killing. He's allegedly accused of killing an ISIS fighter, which is absurd to even Mm -hmm. think about. But if you go to justiceforeddie.com, you can look under there, and they have all of the information. You can get caught up on it and support the cause. Uh, Eddie was a, a good friend of mine. He was a teammate, and he's probably one of the most loyal and humble SEALs that you'll ever meet in your entire life. Yeah. And he's a good man. And I, you know, Part of Forge, when we started Forge, was just being able to help and give back, especially to our brothers yeah. and guys that we were close to. And I figure if I can do something to help out my brother and Mm -hmm. give him the best chance of, you know, prevailing and getting justice, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a stand and do that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And his family, Mm -hmm. his wife's doing an outstanding job. Andrea Gallagher, oh my God, I feel like she dedicates 100% of her day every day to Eddie, you know, and getting the word out there and getting help. And it's just amazing. And his brother, Sean Gallagher, both of them are incredible and they're on Fox News, you know. But it's sad, the position he's in. I mean, to be in solitary confinement, you know, since September.
1: Yeah, it's a fucking tragedy. And
3: Mm -hmm. initially, his trial date was supposed to be in February. Now it's pushed. I mean, this happens all the time where trial dates get pushed. And when you don't have bail, you're sitting there. You're sitting there until your trial date. So it'll be nine months before.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I don't understand. I mean, I know the military justice system is a little different. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why he uh, is in confinement. Right now, during it, like I, you know, I, I don't get that. But I mean, like, what is he a fucking flight risk?
3: You know? I guess there but, is no bail, right? For yeah, with,
0: with the UCMJ, from what I understand, and and from what I've been told, it it's up to the command, yeah, basically to make that judgment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure there's other people who weigh in on sure. that. And yeah, just what I guess you could say, flight risk, or mm-hmm. they think he's a danger.
1: Yeah, but. Yeah, that's fucking absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where can people go to, to support that again?
0: It's justiceforeddy.com.
1: Okay, good shit. So uh, if you're listening, after you get done choking yourself, you go ahead and go there. What uh, what are, Do you have other campaigns? Are you guys still doing the legend uh, stuff?
0: We we are. Yeah, we, we still are doing the legend campaign. It, it's an ongoing campaign yeah. that we're doing. Um, a, a lot of the campaigns that we do are just sporadic where a tragedy happens uh you know we we had one for a fallen officer yeah, in san diego jd de guzman yeah and, and who was killed in a line of duty and a random traffic stop and also his uh partner was also shot and luckily he had a full recovery yeah. but uh jd was lost and we ended up raising uh, over seventy two thousand dollars for his family oh awesome uh, but that's uh the thing with Forged is us being, we have such a good team put together yeah. that we're able to react quickly to certain situations. Mm-hmm. And we've had campaigns in the past where, you know, we've donated money for natural disasters yeah. and, you know, fallen service members and yeah. first responders. And and obviously, you know, like I said, we have, you know, campaigns like the Murph Challenge that are planned annual campaigns. But a lot of our other campaigns are, you know, just like our Free Eddie campaign are just reacting to you know tragedies and things that happen. Yeah.
5: I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles Podcast, with firsthand witnessed accounts of the strange and unexplained. Covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, it's been it's been several years now, but uh, you know, the Warrior Dog Foundation uh, had uh, had you guys design have a couple different designs, and you guys were making shirts uh, for for our group for for a while. And it, you know, you guys were were fantastic about it. I, I mean, my hat's off to. Uh, to you guys as a as a company and you as the owner to uh, to do the the job that you do giving back because a lot of a lot of companies I think like to give that impression you yeah. know uh, and and you know it's almost like the Sean Penn down in fucking Guatemala or whatever <laughs> like making sure there's a picture of him like helping mm-hmm. some old lady out of a puddle or whatever you know and I, I think you guys do a a fantastic job of of actually. It's it's uh, out of balance the other way, and that you guys do a better job at actually doing it than you do representing the fact that you do it. So, uh, you know, my my thanks to you guys for not just the, the help you did with Warrior Dog, but for for all the campaigns. I think it's fucking awesome.
0: Well, I appreciate that, brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I am going to bust your balls about, though, is that uh, I don't know if you you recall it. I don't know if you were busy at the time or whatever, but there was uh, the closing or the opening bell, rather, on uh, the New York Stock Exchange. Is actually so I'm in a suit and I've got I've got the, the forged hat hat on and, and wore it on there and I was uh, I was a little butthurt at the at the lack of response for me wearing the hat on uh, on the opening bell but uh, but anyway, I was happy to happy to rep the brand either way and I did manage to throw in the, the fucking circle game which a lot of people didn't catch. Uh, I don't know of any other asshole that's uh, opened the bell and, and thrown up the fucking circle game sign while he was doing it. But, and, and I was wearing your guys' hat, so you're welcome to embarrass you on that
0: front. But. Well, I, I will take the hit on yeah, that, yeah, and right. I will thank you for wearing that on the 60 Minutes episode. Yeah. That was great.
1: Yeah. No, I that know. Was, uh, I, I, I love the fucking, you know, how many people are like, yeah. where the fuck did you get that hat and uh, and whatever. But
0: uh, I mean, you definitely are always repping a hat, yeah. and I guess you got one by yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep, absolutely. I I I can't let that go unnoticed. Hence right? the reason I wasn't
3: around. Hence the reason
0: reason I hired I Sam.
4: Yeah. To run yeah. this, so <laughs> I wasn't really a-
1: media.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I I mean uh, it's kind of like we were having a little chat earlier. We were talking about social media and I could say when when Sam and I first met she like looked at my Instagram account. I mean, obviously, you know, being team guys, yeah. it's like you know when you're in the team, social media is like this bad thing. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not yeah. don't, social media. Stay away
1: from this. Yeah, it's this is kryptonite. bad.
0: Like yeah. you know, this is only going to get you in trouble. It's, yeah. ISIS is running around at social yeah. media stealing all your information. Well, that's legitimate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, like you do. careful
1: sure. But uh, but
3: also, when you have a brand as big as Forge, you want to associate, like you said, oh, did you know about Forge before meeting Mike? I yeah. did, but I didn't know the faces behind it. And yeah. I wish I would have. Like, you have such an incredible story and yeah. why you started Forge. I think a lot of people should know that.
1: I thought you were going to say you would have steered clear of it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> wish I'd have known what I was getting myself no into. No kidding. But yeah, mm. I wish more people did know that, and that's yeah. why I kind of took over his social yeah. media first, and I said, people yeah. need to know your story and what you've done, and I mean, his military yeah. record, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, mine's nothing compared yeah. to what you've done. His head's well, getting bigger and bigger as we, but it's true, you know. Well,
1: with a beard mm-hmm. like that, it's hard not to <laughs> have a Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, we're all on the same team, though, you know, I, I, I get approached, I'm, I'm assuming, similarly to you, like a lot of times, we are like, oh, I was just a whatever you know, to me, it's like, it's, you know, it's that team mentality of everybody plays a role. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the guys at the even, you know, sharper tip of the spear than you or I ever were, wouldn't be able to do what they do without the thousands. And I mean, hundreds of thousands of people doing all of the other things, you know? And so, you know, while it's a humble approach, I think, uh, you know, again, like we're all on the same team and Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a group effort, you know, but love what everything that you're doing. Um, any other any other uh, components to the the forge campaigns that are coming up is there anything else that you have going on that you want to mention
0: we have a lot of new apparel in uh, production right now that we're working on getting some new stuff out some new jackets some more like tactical kind of jackets a little more military driven stuff mm-hmm. and like you said we're going to be redoing some of our old designs bringing those back yeah but, uh, you know, just sticking with what works, basically, yeah. you know, we've, it's kind of, you know, when you grow a brand, you definitely, you have to stay relevant, for one, yeah. and, you know, it's it's kind of funny with fashion, if you yeah. think about, it. I wouldn't quite say that you know i'm in i'm in a fashion brand yeah. you know it's it's kind of like you're just trying to put out yeah. cool apparel that people there, Ralph wear. Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know i'm not you know looking to make something crazy but yeah. you also you do have to stay relevant you yeah. have to give your audience what they want Yeah. you know so i, I mean ford's just 12 years in business right Man. now
1: no shit that's yeah. crazy it, fucking 12 years it, damn
0: and it, it, so it, it's you know, we, we've got some years under our belt. There's a lot of lessons learned. Definitely, you know, did some things right, made a lot of mistakes, uh, but luckily none of those mistakes were too costly. But yeah, it's definitely just, you know, finding out what's new on the horizon and, and, you know, searching for, you know, new apparel and what, what's the next thing that's out there that's Mm -hmm. hot and cool. And yeah.
1: Is there anything other than jackets? I mean, like, as far as right now on top of t-shirts Hats, uh, stickers. I know at, at a point you guys were doing like uh, the board shorts style yeah. workout shorts. Uh, what other products are, are on the on the horizon other than jackets, if anything?
0: Well definitely for all you listeners out there, the wide shorts yeah. will be back in yeah. stock very, very yeah. soon. Yeah, those are <laughs> a hit. Huh? Yeah. 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 Those are awesome. yeah. Uh, we, we had a little bump in our supply chain with them. So uh we've got that fixed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, board shorts and watch shorts, we sell a ton of those. Uh, they will be coming back in stock here very soon. So yeah. if you want to be the first person to actually know when they are back in stock, you can go to Forge.com and sign up for our newsletter, yeah. and yeah. you will be the very first person to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, <hey. That's laughs> Because funny. they will sell out fast. Yeah. They yeah. sell out fast every yeah. single
1: time. Yeah. Any uh, Anything other than the board shorts and jackets? Any any new pieces of gear that you haven't?
0: We're, we're always... Looking at new things, and we have, we've done watches in the past, uh, sunglasses, really? and mainly collaborating with some yeah. other companies. So we're always looking at different companies, doing some collaborations with them, especially a lot of the veteran-owned companies yeah. out there. Um, we do have some right now that we're working with, but nothing that's uh, in stone yet. Nothing yeah. that I'd
1: yeah. want to basically,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't be a surprise. When yeah. we I know it,
1: I know it. Well, good shit, Uh, Miss Sam. On your end, uh, I know you got a lot of the brand ambassador stuff and uh, and affiliate type Mm -hmm. type relationships. What uh, what do you have going on and coming up in the future that you want to let people know about?
3: Um, definitely with Warrior Flasks. So for everyone that's purchased, we always donate one to military or first responder. That's
1: a cool fucking program.
3: It is so neat, and that's why I love working with them. I've been working with them since last year. Yeah, and they're so good about making sure they give me flasks to make sure I get out to military and first responders so I can yeah. do it personally, you know, face to face and thank them for their service. Yeah, you know, curves and combat boots great company as well veteran owned Um, can you
1: can you tell us about what what that company is like what uh, what so it's it's
3: mainly leggings athletic you have my attention (laughs) like they have the little booty scrunch yeah well curve I mean curves so um, it's all their ambassadors are veterans it's great you know they're veteran owned um, military wife and husband. And it's, yeah, it's basically leggings. They're comfortable. They've got yeah. the pockets on them. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Uh, great company. They just did actually a red line and blue line set oh, as nice. well. And that's they'll be cool. donating a portion of the proceeds to law enforcement and first responders. Oh, that's great. Um, Strike Force Energy, obviously. Sean Matson, Navy Seal. That's a great company. We love them.
1: Uh, Before we get into that on Mm -hmm. the on the curves and combat boots thing, I know you guys do a lot of shoots. Are there like calendars and shit like that with it, or is it just promotional stuff? So
3: that's more just promotional for them. Same thing with Warrior Flask. The shoots that I do are kind of more on the side, right? For like weapons companies. And on that note, so funny. So, like, I'll get hired by a lot of companies to do photo shoots, and Mike would come along, and uh, he'll help out. He'll hold lights for Light me, grip. and yeah, he does a lot of the behind the scenes. Well. And then someone was like, Hey Mike, can you actually get in on this shoot yeah. and throw on some gear? Yeah. And can so- you stand
1: between these four hot women? <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm good.
3: So, that's what happened. They got Holding him this in. lamp
0: over here.
4: <laughs> so they
3: get him into some of the shoes, they throw some gear on him. So next thing you know, I get a call from Back Bay Ripper, right, for the uh, body armor. And they're like, yeah, we wanna set up a shoot with you and Mike and doing some Navy SEAL over the beach stuff. It'll look really cool. So then we're planning this, time comes through the shoot. They're like, you know what? We actually just wanna use Mike. Um, We don't need you. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's stealing my jobs now? And so now I'm the one holding in the lights, doing the behind the scenes. I'm like, what is this shit? Oh,
0: it (laughs) happened like twice. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, so it's great. pretty funny. Yeah. So sorry, sidetrack, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So the with the with the photo shoots and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's if, if people want to reach out to you to uh, to hire you to do yeah, stuff absolutely. like that, where would they go to to do that?
3: Uh, just on my Instagram or Facebook, they okay. can send me a message. My email's on there. Okay. Uh, they can just reach out to me, and I'm and very what, quick you, about responding.
1: Can you mention your uh, handle? On
3: so it's Samantha underscore R underscore Bonilla. B o n i l l a.
1: Okay. There you have it, folks. Uh, and I'm assuming like in terms of some of the other ladies you work with, uh, if mm-hmm. they want like multiple or whatever you, you can put them in touch with all that.
3: Yep. Oh, I work okay. very closely with a lot of female veterans yeah. and we do a lot of shoots together. So. Awesome.
1: Um, and then, the, so the strike Force stuff, mm-hmm. um, can you talk about what, what you do for them and, and give us an overview on that quick? So
3: obviously veteran owned company as well. I love promoting veteran owned companies and strike force energy. Sean Matson's a good friend of Mike's. Um, he introduced me. We started working together. We love the product. Yeah. You know, we're big Red Bull drinkers and now we have kicked the can and switched over to yeah. Strike Force, nice. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, and Sean does whatever he can to make sure we always have product to give back, also. Yeah. So when I do go give those warrior flash, Sean always sends what, like boxes and boxes. It's amazing. Yeah. Where are
1: they out of uh, Strike Force? Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he an East Coast guy, I'm assuming?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's great for, you know, you know you you're backpacking, doing a lot of traveling. Yeah, for adventure. our adventures. Yeah. Like,
3: it's perfect. It, yeah. it,
0: it's like, you know, when you're on deployment and oh, yeah. you try to bring like Red Bulls or Rippets with you. Yeah. And yeah. You can only fit so many in your pouch. Yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, you put Strike Force in there, you could fit 100 of them yeah. in your you know, yeah. M4 pouch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah.
3: Sean yeah. and his team, they're just good dudes. Like, yeah. they'll send us, what do you need? What do you need? You're visiting this department? How many yeah. people? You yeah. know, we'll send you whatever you need. So,
1: that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other uh, companies that you're working with in that capacity, or or that you want to mention?
3: Ammo Inc. They're our Am- ammo sponsor. You know, obviously we love ammo. They're a great company. Yeah, um,
1: Sending you some free bullets, or they, <laughs> they lead free going to California <laughs> or some crazy shit. Oh,
3: that's
4: well, been so, it's so funny! Hard. What you
0: have to go through in California yeah, to, just, just to, to pick them up. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's crazy. They, they have stand? to ship it like it's a weapon to yeah. an FFL dealer. For you ammo. have to go in, show me your ID, sign really? out for everything. It's incredible.
1: I, I, uh, a, a protection dog client of mine owns an ammo company up in Missouri, and I mean, God bless Texas. Like he he just ships cases of it to me. Like I mean, that's it's it. Not, just not right a, to your home. Yeah, not even a signature Duh. required. Like I'll Jeez. come home and there's fucking three boxes of fucking God, three insane. cases of fucking five five six and nine nine mil sitting on my doorstep. That's how it used to be for all you assholes listening out there. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, have Unless people, you get another yeah, ammo yeah, sponsor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of people showing up at my house trying to steal yeah. ammo off the front doorstep.
3: But yeah, good uh, question. Why do we still live in California? Yeah. You just you plan know? on
1: staying there? Like, I,
0: I mean, the thing is, you know, we got the business in California right now. Yeah, you do pay the sun tax. It's yeah. nice with the sun up there, but I mean, obviously just luckily San Diego Southern California San Diego in more in particular you know you have a big military influence mm-hmm. there you you're not so affected by you know the far left there yeah. so it's still not that bad right now yeah. I mean the cost of living in California is definitely <laughs> through it's, the roof yeah. it's, I mean it, it it, it just keeps getting more and more. And it's like, you, you know, they say San Diego or Southern California in particular is the hardest place in America to amass wealth.
1: No, I don't doubt it. It,
0: it just seems like, you know, you work, you work, you work. And it's just, you, you know, you're paying, you're paying, you're paying. It's, it's just, it, it's really hard to get ahead. I think at some point you just say, you know what? It's California. It was a cool experience to live yeah. out here. You know, I, I, I really liked it, you yeah. know. It was fun, but you know, I I want to <laughs> I want to go somewhere yeah. where my my money actually I get what I pay for. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like wow, you know, you can buy a five hundred thousand dollars house and it's not a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I know it. I mean, you know, especially way out here in in rural East Texas, like I mean, it's one of the cheapest places in the country to buy buy property. I mean, uh, off camera, I'll tell you what the specs were on this place, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's between business taxes and, you know, there is no state tax, crazy veteran friendly in terms of everything, you know, it's just, it's it's a fantastic place to live. And I was at the point that you're talking about about 10 years ago, you know, I, I moved here a little over 10 years ago now, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I love going to California for a couple of days and then, you know, it's it's great to, to come home after that. But I, I cannot imagine trying to own a business, especially this business because with dogs and all of the, Permits and fucking mm-hmm. Humane Society, you know, statutes and, and bullshit that they have out there. Like, I, I could not do what I do out, out there for sure. But
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the red tape there is unbelievable. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah, I can't even fucking imagine. In terms of uh, the ammo company, what do you, are you just doing the brand ambassador stuff for them? or Right, what? just yeah.
3: basically promoting them as well. Yeah, okay. You know, they're a great company. Yeah,
1: and what was the name of them again?
3: Uh, ammo Inc.
1: Ammo Inc. Is mm-hmm. that INC? Yes. Yeah, so okay. yeah, they're out of
0: Scottsdale.
3: Yeah, Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's that's one thing it you when you leave the teams, you're so used to just having, you know, a surplus of ammo, you, yeah. you can shoot until your fingers are bleeding. Yeah. And it's just something you take for granted oh, yeah. and then as soon as you get out and you go to the range and the first time you have to buy a box of ammo it it just hurts oh i know yeah. you're it, like, it hurts you're, you're like, like that's how much for how many <laughs> <What>? fucking rounds <laughs> yeah it's <This is>
1: three dollars <laughs> a piece
0: you gotta be yeah. kidding me yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. definitely getting that ammo sponsor back is, is definitely so cool. key when you yeah. like to shoot and you go out and blaster a
1: thousand rounds in a day yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost you fucking eight hundred dollars yeah yeah yeah, that's awesome. Uh, any other any other projects or or things you guys want to mention before we start to wrap it up? I
4: think
0: that's it, right? No, yeah, I mean, we're always open to new opportunities out there. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> but, well, you guys are definitely but, the dynamic duo. What were you gonna say?
0: Oh no, just like I said, we're we're always out. You know. Doing adventures, exploring, yeah. you know, different gear, yeah. different companies. We love testing gear out. So, yeah. Lalo, we've been working with uh, Lalo shoes, and, yeah. and, and you know, there's a lot of Team Guy influence in the company. It's actually started by a Team Guy. Oh, sure, I don't know. Uh, that. But mm-hmm. they they've got some really good footwear that we've been rocking around. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. If you're a fan of uh, Merrill or Solomon or you know those type of outdoor shoes, definitely check them out.
1: Yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome. Any uh, any big travel plans in the next uh, for the rest of this year? Yes. But where are we I, going
3: I mean we have been going every week last week was our what first week actually home for a while <laughs> I mean, so yeah.
0: I mean, a lot of we've been doing a lot of work travel. Definitely, we try to have fun when you when yeah. you're doing work travel. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we. I mean, we've got a couple uh, trips that we're going to be coming up at, at Scottsdale, uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Definitely, I'm uh, going to be doing some good free diving diving yeah. out in Hawaii.
1: Is the Hawaii trip just a vacation trip, or is it? Or yeah, I mean, it,
3: it'll definitely be work too. Everywhere we go is yeah. we got to get content. We yeah. got to get content. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You know, but um. Yeah. Yeah, mainly.
0: The main purpose of it is will be uh, a vacation. It, it'll it be coming after the Murph Challenge. Yeah. So it's kind of like when the Murph Challenge is going down, it's just locked down, yeah. you know, every day to the grind. So after that, especially, you know, <laughs> you go to the gym, knock out that workout, <laughs> you're ready yeah. to do a little vacation, a little
1: R&R. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, I mean uh, that's kind of the key to life. I mean, we talk about it on on this show a lot with all the different guests about balance and and trying to uh, you know figure out that happy medium of working your ass off and and being productive, but not making it so much to where it's like, what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you do see that, especially with hard-driven veterans like all of us, is that uh, you know you, you it's easy to find yourself in a situation where it's like you're you're trying to accomplish so many things that you, you're not really living your fucking life either, yeah, you know? And, and that's a, right. yeah, it's a, it's a hard, hard balance to,
3: to strike it can sometimes definitely spread thin sometimes. Yeah. You know.
1: Yep. No, absolutely. Well, you guys are, are the, the Batman and Robin dynamic <laughs> duo. If, if I've ever fucking seen one, I, uh, mm-hmm. I love what you guys are about. I uh, love what you're doing with uh, all of the campaigns with, uh, you know, both professionally, personally, you guys seem like a, a kick-ass, we'll call it goals. Type of uh, type of couple for sure, and uh, I know I know a lot of people share that same uh, outlook and sentiment that I have towards you guys. Um, and again, I just I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of your uh, already busy schedule to come down thank here you. and uh, and chew the fat with me here out in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> uh, I do appreciate it. Before uh, is there anything you guys want to add before we? Uh... No,
3: we want to thank you. No, we're happy yeah, we to be really here. Appreciate you, you know, this is great.
0: Yeah,
1: we're gonna go get some water burger here in George. a minute. Uh, yeah. we're gonna settle this fucking score take two yeah. um before we uh close it out here i do want to mention uh if you have a dog go to teamdog.pet and uh sign up for the online training it's 99 dollars, unlimited access for a year there's forums uh videos that are uh, essentially representations of everything that i talk about in the in the team dog book uh, we will be having food and treats uh, coming out here real soon that will be on uh, available through trichos.com, mikeritland.com, uh, or the teamdog.pet site. Uh, the CBD oil, trichos supplements, uh, I've gotten a shit ton of good feedback on that. Uh, that will be available either through trichosupplements.com or any of the aforementioned sites that I uh, talked about. Uh, the dog crate, uh, that is uh, almost finished. Uh, we've made a couple last-minute tweaks to the door. And uh, The Tricos dog crate will be out soon, and uh, it's going to kick everybody's ass, and I can't wait because uh, I've beat the ever-loving shit out of this crate with uh, a dog that, frankly, is the Houdini of of Houdinis and can get out of a fucking gorilla cage, and uh, he could not get out of this fucking crate. So uh, it is a a badass tank of a crate, and uh, it will be out very soon. Uh, We also have the Tricos first aid kits, uh, which will be accompanied by the canine uh, first aid certification, and the canine CPR certification. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is peanut butter involved in that CPR? No, it's not. Uh, That's for after uh, the B-roll YouTube footage uh, when Mike and Sam get shit-faced. But uh, the first aid kits uh, are badass. They're made by our friends over at ITS Tactical, uh, co-designed by me. And, again, they will accompany Uh, the certifications for first aid and cpr franchises tricos training franchises again i know i've been talking about them for two fucking years now they will be out soon same thing just uh stay tuned to tricos.com to keep an eye on when those are available uh there will be a very select few available at first Uh, like i can count on one hand the amount that i'm going to open it up uh, to as we launch it Uh, it'll be a bit of a slow roll But if you're interested, keep your eye out. Uh, For those of you who have already uh, emailed in with interest, just uh, keep posted on Tricos.com. rest of the merchandise, uh, both uh, Mic Drop and the Tricos gear, Tricos.com. If you go to MikeRitland.com, you can access the Mic Drop gear, swag, shirts, all that other shit that you want to order that uh, has the Choke Yourself shirts and the We Don't Give a Shit About Your Feeling shirts that seem to be real popular ones. And uh, maybe even Ford should be making our shit here before <laughs> too long. Ago. Um, and then, last but certainly not least, uh, Mike's Power Meals, uh, which I had overwhelming feedback on that. Mike's Power Meals.com uh, is the meal prep style meals that, uh, that I designed with a prominent company out there that's shipping them out of both LA and Atlanta. So, um, really fresh meals. Check out Mike's Power Meals.com, and uh, that's where all those are at. Uh, which you will be hearing hearing more about those soon. But uh, good, clean meals without any bullshit, uh, proportioned well, and uh, I eat the shit out of them, and uh, and I dig them. So anyway, that's the uh, the house cleaning bullshit. Uh, again, Mike, Sam, thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, after after what we'll get you back uh, back to Dallas. And uh, what what do you guys have planned for while you're here? How long are you here for?
3: Uh, uh, we're till g- Sunday.
1: Plan- yeah, we're gonna stay here for a couple okay. days. If I can uh, check out the culture. Scout out some places to move the business.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I've spent, you know, I've been to different places in Texas. It's probably the probably the fourth or fifth time I've been to yeah. Dallas. And yeah, you got kind of a diverse culture down it here is. in Dallas. It's yeah. a little yeah. bit strange at times as for far sure. as yeah. You, you definitely have the what you think Texas is, and yeah. then you got kind of a little like hipster kind of community there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like out out here, it's what you'd think of, oh, of yeah. Texas. But yeah, in Dallas, it's. I you know for me I, I don't know what you guys think like for me I find that uh, a lot of most major metropolitan areas are kind of all the same like mm-hmm. you know there's different flavors of culture you know depending on where they're at but but you have kind of that same almost you know big city feel that uh, that's relatively interchangeable I think I mean at least that's how I view it when I go to different places you know there's different places to eat and shit but there's a lot of that like you know huge You know, industry or metropolitan area, a lot of left-leaning bullshit, uh, even here in Texas. I mean, whether it's Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, whatever, there's certainly big pockets of it that are not like what you would think uh, are Texas at all, but... So you guys will be hanging out there, is that? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Texas never disappoints. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I've never got on a plane out of Texas and been like, "Wow, that trip was worthless." (laughs) Like every time I'm out of here, I'm like, "Why don't we live here?
1: Why don't we live here?
0: Why aren't we bought into this yet?" Yeah, Yeah.
1: I know. That's what (laughs) I'm saying. Get your shit kickers on. Let's go. (laughs) Amen. Some armadillo skin boots. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, again, thank you guys for coming uh, to the listeners. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, for tuning in every time we drop an episode and uh, giving me the overwhelming support and the ability to do this uh, week to week. So uh, thank you guys. If if not for you, we would not exist, uh, nor would I have the platform to run my fucking mouth the way I do. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Mike and Sam, again, thanks for coming. Thank you. And uh, until next time, this is Mike Drop.